All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our ninth episode of Six on Six. I'm Intero. I'm joined, as always, by my venerable co-host, Canadian on the far right of the screen. And then in the middle, it is a Scottish sandwich, so to speak, as Doki will be joining us from Navi. And that's a very nice. Uh, is it a Navi hoodie? Yes, it is. It's a Navi hoodie. Adoring, of course. If you are uh, if you are one of the people that is watching this on YouTube, as always, like and subscribe. It really helps us out. If you want to turn on notifications, we'll be uploading on either Sundays or Mondays, depending on when the video gets finished and what goes on with our schedule. So if you're with the audio crowd on Spotify or Apple podcasts, always appreciated to give the channel a follow now that the shameless plugs are out of the way. Welcome, everybody, to our show. Uh, we're going to start off with the first question that we always ask, ask our guests, which is, Doki, how did you get started in Rainbow Six? Ooh, how did I get started in Rainbow Six? So... I played this game for a very long time since it actually the beta in in 2015. I think it was like late December or something came out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, something like that, right? So I yeah. I started playing in that around then. Um, just by coincidence, actually, one of my friends says want to play it. I said yeah, sure. So that's how I I uh, I got involved. Um, like before before that, I was playing a lot of different games actually, not so much FPS. Uh, I was playing a lot of Arma. I don't know if you know the Arma series, like Arma Two and Arma Three. I like I played a lot, of, a lot of that, like the Daisy mod, those type of things. It's like all I was playing, and then as I got older, I got closer to the games like CS:GO and and and, and things like that. Um, and I guess Rainbow Six just kind of hooked onto me because I like the you didn't have to be like like an insane aimer to be good at the game. There were so many different like um like factors that you could be good in it, and that's kind of what what grabbed me and like lured me in. Um, and and yeah. So that's how I got started uh, in Rainbow Six. Uh, when you uh, when you got started in competitive scene, what was it that drove you to play at a top level? Was it just that you were good and you reluctantly ended up there? Or was it that you got enticed by somebody, be it a friend, etc., to compete? <laughs> uh, I answered this question a while ago, actually. Um the, the reason that I got um, involved in, in the pro scene, I guess you could say, or just competitive to start with, was um, a couple of the players that I looked up to uh, at the time, because I'm 20 years old now, so I am i wasn't able to play comp for a long time at the start of the game. Um, so I actually looked up to like players like Pengu, and especially Junus from uh, Penta, and my, my first goal was to beat them uh, in a goal four, like uh, at, the, at the start of the, of the game. Uh, that didn't go to well. Um, actually, Pengu, I think, got me banned from the go for eventually, so that's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I guess that was a nice welcome gift from him into the comp scene. Uh, but yeah, that's that's actually why I got started. I wanted to like be one of the greats. I wanted to look up to the people that I had um, that that that, I, that are above me already and kind of be them. I guess so. Here I am. Well, I have to get this out of the way. Aren't most oh, no. pro players above you? Oh Let's yes, say. Parker. Most of them are above me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. Sorry, I just had to say at least I had to say it at least once. So there we, we go. Had... It's a... I mean, actually, wait a minute. It had wait to. A minute here. It had to. Wait a minute here. Since you brought it up, we actually gotta we gotta actually have a good think who is smaller than me because there are a is... few. There are a few. King George is. King George. Wait, yep. Well, he's not a pro player though. Yeah. Sure. Tell him that. I th Kanto. <laughs> Kanto's gonna say that he's taller than me. He's not. He's, he's smaller not? than me. Yeah. Oh, he's not. 
I mean, his hair gives him a lot of height, so he's not tall to me. He's stocky then, too. I feel like I feel like the fact that he's got big shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Retro is yeah. also really short. Kicks is really short. Yeah. Um, you see, I'm actually huge. Hmm? I'm huge compared to everybody else I'm, yeah i'm a giant yes well i mean uh -huh. troy was talking about this in the in the pre-show when we were waiting to go live and he said i was I, I was astonished that on the reaction to the announcement somebody typed in the yes. emojis doki small <laughs> yes that's my fans Discord. right there that's this. that's that you got you got that, some that's, good fans. Uh, that's commitment and passion right there i mean would, would people do that for you uh i mean i don't i don't yeah. i don't know if they will would they do it for troy uh, they, they would definitely do it for the white stair cc 75 people <laughs> love that yeah 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 i like that one as well that was, was that reddit post Everyone the other day that was like it was troy streaming t hunt and somebody subbed to him that was like yes. eg had a two map lead at invite yeah thanks for the five i, I literally i i said thanks i didn't realize at first like what it said i was like well thanks for the sub and then i was like trying to make out the name like i was looking at it trying to make out the name and literally, by the time I fit, like made it out, I was like, "Oh fuck you!" Like, <laughs> unlucky man. I mean, you know, it made you, made you who you are, Troy. No, it's part of it. No regrets. It. No yeah. regrets. I would stand up on those stairs all over again. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite interactions was just when I responded with the C seven five on the. The CZ75. There's been a lot of them, man. There's, There's been, been a couple of ones. Many. That one, that one was. It's like all I did was upload a picture. No words. Didn't need to. All right. Um, what was it like developing your talent in the UK scene? Because if you look at EU talent and you look at the history of competitive Rainbow Six in Europe, the UK scene has always been in its weird little bubble. It's never really broken in. I would say yeah. to. The official professional league. I mean, obviously you had you had playing ducks um, that obviously merged into Snook and Nose, and then was Team Secret, and then along came you guys when you were you know Eminem. What was it like developing your talent in the UK scene, and what was the early UK scene like for people that didn't follow the competitive aspect of it? I think this still stands today for the UK scene. I think the reason that it's not so successful, I guess you could say, on the global stage, is because um, a lot of the players have conflicting attitudes and opinions of each other. Um, Sounds like, like, a, a, like a lot, like, like really a lot. Like um, you either like are really good friends with a bunch of group of people like we are right now, um, uh, or you just despise the enemy team for not, not really a particular reason, but you're never going to speak to those guys ever again. So uh, it, it's probably for that. And it's also probably that they just keep kicking players from their team instead of working with them. Like I think that the UK mentality is, Oh, if he's had a bad game, let's let's just replace him. Um, so I, I I don't know. Maybe that's why I can't really say so much because I've actually not played in so many UK teams to be honest. Apart from uh, the the core Navi roster, uh, what it was with uh, me, Kendrew, and Citizen. Um, but yeah, how did I how did I get started? Um, I think the first team I played in was Vexed uh, Vex Gaming. It was called. Oh, that's uh, a throwback. And, yeah, and that's when Pengu was also in that team, like subbing in for the UK league. Yeah. Uh, with with Feral um, as well at the time, uh, and we actually made we 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 made the uh, the, the finals of that uh, season that we were playing in, and we then beat the current Eminem roster of the time, uh, and that kind of I guess pissed them off a bit. So I I, I don't really know, um, and we kind of merged those two teams together, 
uh, at one point and made like one like UK super team or whatever uh, at the time. And that's how like me and citizens started teaming together and stuff like that. Because uh, I was, I was, I think, yeah, I was on loan to Eminem at the time to play in Dreamhack in Jönköping in, in Sweden. Yeah, that's where time. we first met. Well, that was yeah. that was the Eminem roster. It was like you, it was yeah. you, Kendrew. No, no, Kendrew was playing Unpacked at the time, yeah, right? Yeah, he's playing Unpacked with yeah, saves. With yeah, saves. he was with Saves Unpacked, yeah. the Polish team. Yeah, it was me, Fonkers, Prox, Frau and Nello. That's who it was at the time. And then after we got, wrecked, oh yeah, I forgot about Frau. Yeah, yeah. After we got wrecked uh, at Dreamhack, <laughs> we came back and combined the rosters of Vexed and. Uh, of Eminem, and that's where Citizen got involved. And who did you play? Who did you play on stage with? I casted that match, if I remember. We played you Empire played, and you Mocket. played on stage. Yeah, yeah, we played Empire and Market. I think uh, is is that the market that's now Rogue, or is that the German roster? I can't remember. I think it would have been the Rogue yeah. uh, Market. Well, it, it, wouldn't that have been the one that turned into Penta? Roster. The old yeah, Penta roster was Penta. That's when Jess was coach, and oh, it was like yeah, 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 right, it, Panix was on the team. Yeah. yeah, it was with Corey and Rip, so it was a German roster. Yeah, at the yeah. time, it's, I guess now is Team Secret. I guess I don't know. There's been but, too um, many markets, bro. Yeah, there's been too many. There's been, there's been that, three. That, right? arc, uh, that arc's been passed around. Yeah. Yes, people like say like, yeah, we played Mock, and I just sure which one? Yeah, yeah one? like okay. <laughs> Well, it's like Eminem now. How many fucking rosters does Eminem have, yeah, too? Yeah, exactly. Or, or Elevate. Or Elevate. Exactly. How many regions is, has Elevate been in? Elevate's been in three fucking regions. Shocked. Yeah. Like, the, the current Eminem roster, I think, sold their team to Crazy. Yeah. Who then gave the team back to Eminem. After half <laughs> and they're now season. back, back to Eminem. season. Yeah. So, like, they've... That's kind of foul, know. man. Like, yeah. they stole them, and they're like, all right, never mind. Take them back. We don't they're want them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we're sick what's, of these what's guys what's the return yeah. policy on this That's so Dude, yeah they've been around imagine you're saying yeah i played elevate in wh where latam yeah apac xbox <laughs> pc it's confusing <laughs> which one <laughs> um so what was it like getting your getting your feet wet i, I mean i met you for the first time at at yonshuping in sweden that was a, a crazy event it was kind of isolating that was I suppose that was your first big international event then? Yeah, it was, yeah. My first, yeah. And what was that what was it like getting to play on stage? You guys got casted, I remember that. Yeah. I think Kix and Blue might have casted you. I can't remember. I was all over the place in Yonshaping. I, I was also hosting. I um, can't remember. How was that what was that like I, getting your first big experience? I mean, like I like as some people may say, like, were you nervous or whatever? I don't I don't think I was. I was just really excited to be playing like actually somewhere relevant, you know, or someone that's gonna get exposure at the time. Because mm -hmm. although we were a tier three team at the time, I knew that we had potential to, to like do well. Like we didn't do so well at the event, but you know we didn't get like seven old by like the current Empire roster, who at the time were like they were the giants of the scene, right? And yeah, they were like unbeatable. They were, like, yeah, they were unbeatable. Yeah, like we didn't do bad against them, which was good. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just fun, I guess. It was a bit of excitement. I wouldn't say nervous though. So, yeah. That was when the only team that seemed to be able to beat Empire was the G two squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, this was like fun. this was like I think just towards like the end of like Empire's like rise kind of thing. Like they had just made it into Pro League, then they had that Dreamhack winter event. Yeah. And like they looked they looked good there, but it wasn't like 
or was it flawless? Because I think they got third, right? They played like SS3 for third, four. Mm. Yeah, because they. I'm pretty, they, I'm pretty was, sure at the time, I also no. thought it was funny because they played Villa there. Like, yeah, G- everyone G2 was, yeah, everyone G2. was looking forward to G2, like finally playing them, and G2 yeah. smoked them. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Tiger played the Blitz. The semifinals yeah. were it was G two versus Empire on one side of the bracket and SSG versus Penta Penta on the other side because yeah. uh, and once G two beat Empire then the real finals ended up becoming SSG versus Penta because G two yeah. already had an invite that spot yeah and it yeah. was whoever oh, won yeah. against Penta SSG and that was really close it ended up going like deep into map three and then Penta ended up winning and then G two won the whole thing which is no surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, the only team that Empire really seemed to struggle with was G2 at that at that time. Yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about the whole no more dream hacks mm. um, right now? Is, is, do you think that's a good thing or are, well, you, are you sad that that's not happening It's anymore? hard to say because we're not like, we're not in the position where like the season is as it should be, right? Like mm-hmm. we don't have lands anyways. Yeah. So it's hard to really say. Like, like if we had, like if we had the Sao Paulo pro league finals and then if we had this major coming up in august and then i think it would be like the e the eu and u.s finals would be in december right that would be the next thing after the august major yeah so there'd be so the the ideal rotation i think that they said for next year is that they want to do si first quarter of the year second quarter is uh na major Third quarter is EU major or EU majors in the summer, and then NA major is now in the fall. And then, well, yeah, there would have a- been another major. Yeah, the APAC major yeah. is in the is in the winter, and then yeah, the NA finals are supposed to be like the end of the year. I think that was the, what they announced at SI, but it's just like I, obviously everything's been torpedoed. So, like for this, if if everything went as according to plan, I think for the sake of like the tier one like competitive scene. I think it'd be fine that there's no more dream hacks, but I do think that the dream hacks were good for like tier three teams and yeah. tier two teams. Cause like yeah. it just gets them out to a land. Cause not, not every team is going to make a major. Oh. Exactly. Just, yeah. And like, yeah, just to like get people's names out there, get them some experience. So um, I will say though, like if, if that, if they still made dream hacks a thing somehow, like I just, I don't see tier one teams that would go to it. So then I don't know the if it, money was like good enough. Yeah, like I don't know how worthwhile it would be, and then if if tier one teams aren't going, then I don't know if it's as good even for the like I don't even know if it's good for DreamHack to run it anymore, and then I I don't know if tier two teams go all that. Yeah. So so here's my viewpoint on it. One, I mean, DreamHack is the same parent company as ESL, so I mean it was it was still in the family, right? And um. I will tell you, I worked every DreamHack except for the two Valencias and the DreamHack crew that we worked with. Honestly, probably the best crew I've ever worked alongside. Petter in particular, uh, who would often run things. Jimmy, who did things behind the scene. Axel, who produced a, a lot of times. Honestly, all three of them were outstanding. I love DreamHack events because Rainbow Six exists in a bubble and we don't really get a lot of play outside of it. And I'll never forget... Exactly. I'll never forget DreamHack Austin because that was the first big event that felt like a big event. And it's, I'm walking around and you know, oh, Shroud's here. Oh, Dr. Disrespect's here. You know, oh, I'm, I get to see like at the time I'd, I'd, I'd heard of Sims before. And, you know, obviously I knew Pansy from CSGO and I'm getting to watch them cast uh, PUBG 
you know, I get to see, I get to see Smix and, and the StarCraft crew doing their thing. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself and I, I, that was where I met Launders for the first time. And I'm thinking to myself like, wow, I'm seeing like all these popularities, like Bren and ZP was, were there from Overwatch. And it just, it felt super fucking cool. And it felt like we were a part of the industry instead of us just being in our rainbow six bubble. And for me, it was great. And I always liked them because you get to go around and watch other esports. I would watch the DreamHack FGC stuff. I would go and I would watch Quake if it was going on. I'd go and I'd watch CSGO if it was going on. But right now with the way the schedule is, there's just no room for more events. Yeah. And and as much as I as much as I would love to still have DreamHacks, the problem is, is, and I think Troy said this correctly, the big teams would skip out on it. Because the way that the point structures work to qualify and the way that the majors work, the big allure, whether we want to admit it or not, the big allure for DreamHacks was the spots for the majors of the invite. Nobody gave a shit about winning DreamHack outside of those. For the most part, you talk to a lot of teams, the money wasn't particularly good and there's no real prestige. You're fighting for a chance to get the easiest path, presumably to go to a major. Additionally, it was excellent live uh, experience because you're actually playing on LAN. The problem is, is that if you look at Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike still does DreamHack, and with the exception of its majors or the big DreamHack opens, most of the CSGO DreamHack circuit is like tier three teams. And it gets terrible viewership, no big teams go, no big casters go, and it's kind of a footnote in competitive Counter-Strike. Yeah. And I feel like it would be the same for us if we were to try to go back. I wish there were a way for it to be included, but I just don't see it as a possibility. Yeah. yeah. That's how Pretty I see much. it. Yeah. Well, well said. Very well said. So that's where I'm at um, with it. But I, I, I love DreamHack, and it was like I always fought to go to them. So when when we heard that there would be four minors a year, for the originally the first year it was four DreamHacks, and then the second year it was the two DreamHacks, Allied Esports, and OGA Pit. Yeah. Um, oh, people... Yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry? I forgot about the OGA. Actually. OGA yeah. Pit was fun, man. Yeah. That was a fun tournament. See, I... I specifically said I didn't want to go to Croatia and I didn't want to do OGA pit because I wanted time off. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the one thing that I, that I did say was I want to prioritize the, the dream hacks and, and particularly DreamHack Montreal, because obviously it's on Canada, it's on, you know, home soil and it's not too far away. Um, so I always loved working them and it was, it was kind of a bummer. I hosted DreamHack Montreal, which would turn out to be the last DreamHack before the, obviously the, the whole competitive structure changed and it was mm -hmm. nice it, it meant a lot to me to be able to be the one to sign off that event. So, yeah. Yeah. But no, like, I, I definitely agree, though. It, it, it suited the lower tier teams probably better if the invite spot wasn't on the line because it was, the, yeah. it was just exposure, like you said. So yeah. I think that's something that the lower leagues are going to really struggle with now, to be honest. Like, if I, if I was in a tier two team right now or even tier three team, it's a long road, like a really long road yeah. to get to like EU league, any league. Like I'm, I'm not so much invested in the NA league, but I'm pretty sure it's like it's like a nine month road, right? To I mean, get it's, somewhere. Is it nine? It might be. Yeah, have, it might be. We have we have nine month like long season, and then we have the SI, and then we have like the two months off or whatever it yeah. was yeah. was the schedule that they announced. So we presumably we have like, I don't know. Presumably we have. I have like end of December to like beginning of February off, I think. And then we have SI, if I remember, because the big moment that everything changes is in December. That's when like relegations yeah. are and that's when the regional finals are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that, yeah. that's another thing, actually, when you speak about that. I didn't realize that relegations also happen on LAN. 
I believe. In NA? Yeah, in uh, NA. I think the, the I'm not sure that or actually no, EU year. as well, yeah. Yeah, I think the way it it's works all is at that finals, yeah. the top four European teams go and the bottom two. Mm-hmm. And like I also think the top two from Challenge League also go. Yeah, and so that's the like teams a big that are event. Really... Yeah, it's pretty that's cool. That's like a really cool event. Like that's yes. something I, I that's something I'd really like to um I do the, like that's that. I really like to see. So uh I guess that's good exposure for the lower yeah. teams. It's, yeah. It's just a matter of like, yeah, those tier three teams they do have to stick it out for like a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean I think that there's only one or two spots available at the end of that nine months. That must be really heartbreaking for some teams. Like imagine if you lose out like your your EU League spot or whatever, and you're yeah. like, Oh, here's another nine months. I I, no, I, I gotta play, you know. It'd be tough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of teams wouldn't like survive that, you know. Like Definitely if they not. if they made it all the way to relegations and then lost relegations, like some people would be going their separate ways. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It it would Spill take it. a lot. It would take a lot for all five people to just be like, "All right, let's run it back, boys!" Like <laughs> another nine months. <laughs> See you next year. Like yeah, nah, that'd be I, hard I, to I do. Like, yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason, Chad has hung up on my eyebrows, even though they haven't changed at all. I don't know why. My eyebrows look identical to where they were because they haven't been touched. I don't know. They're fucking I'm weird. I'm not going to lie. I don't focus on your eyebrows when I'm ever watching you uh, when you cast, to be honest. It's not It's not up there. Like, they're they're the you're, same. I don't... You're missing, you're missing your eyebrow, apparently. I'm, I'm, I don't even understand. Like, I can see... I see what I look like. They look exactly the same as they always do. Missing eyebrow. Chat's fucking weird, dude. They're literally exactly the same. I haven't touched them. So, anyway. They're really anyway. weird. Anyway, let's get uh, back. You were talking about DreamHack. Um, the national system in the UK is something that I think needs to be discussed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because the UK Prem has been... I think it kind of flies under the radar. Nobody, uh, Nobody really talks about it that much outside of the uk and the viewership often can be middling but i i honestly think that uk prem really ought to be preparing uk teams for eu a lot better than they are and and i guess i kind of want your perspective on this because you have you have great talent that's casting it you've got great matches and you've got good teams that are playing in it yet it never seems to lead to any longer success or any greater success outside of the uk do you think that's solely just because people don't like playing with each other and it's all egos and attitudes i mean like the only team to come out from the uk is us right to be honest like i don't know if you want to count the old secret roster i don't think they they came from they Prem. don't yeah not really yeah. They, they were made before it so i guess that we are the only talent actually and it was like they them. were made along the way like they were a team yeah. and then they added uk players like yeah, slowly because exactly. initially it was only maybe right exactly so I, I said I sent you this off stream. I said I think the UK has an insane amount of w- really high talented players. Um, however, you're right; like they don't go anywhere. They just stay in prem, and I, I really don't know why that is. Like I wish I had an answer for it because there are some really great players missing big opportunities, um, at, 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 in there. And I don't know if that's because they want to keep playing with their friends, or because the teams won't get anywhere, um. I think one thing we're seeing differently this season of uh, UKIN, it's the rebrand is, um, it, it is that a lot of the good players are now coming together to play in the one team. Whereas before, I think you had like six teams with like one very good player in each team. And like they wouldn't really make it anywhere. 
because the, the teams weren't good, but they had good players. So I think that's something that they've definitely changed this season. Like, um, off the top of my head, you have Eminem, who have, you know, Blur, Nathan, Dats, Yonka, and Fonkers, uh, who are obviously names that you've heard of in the past from other teams. Blur was with us for a bit in Navi, Fonkers on Secret, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then you have Fierce, who have Secretly from uh, Chaos, yeah. who's like kind of molding that roster, which I thought was a big change. And that seemed to really help that team out a lot, taking like four, I'm not going to say unexperienced, but unexperienced at the top level players and then combining them with a really structured IGL. It seems to be working like really, really well. So it, it goes to show that there are players in this league that can play at the highest level and like for sure. So mm-hmm. I hope I see more UK players uh, in the big leagues in the coming like year, I'd say. I think people are going to start branching out. I haven't really kept up to date with the UK stuff because one thing that we've discussed on this podcast a number of times is just how much competitive Rainbow Six is happening right now that yeah. unless you're really, really dedicated or you spend most of your day actively watching it, there's it's very easy to let content slip by. I mean, you know, we we have... Uh, what do we do? We have, we have BR6 on right now, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. literally as we're talking. And then yesterday, Mexico was on during the same time. Uh, there was some overlap with the qualifiers from North America. And it was just like, good Lord, it's there's there's just like, there's it's just so, so much. Um, so for somebody who's not in the UK and somebody who's not well-versed, what, what's the team to watch slash teams and what are the players to watch? Because you'd mentioned that, you know, some of the, some of the teams only had one good player and there were six teams with one good player. Now they're all kind of merging together. Name drop, give some, give a spotlight to the region. I think Blur and like Nathan and Dats from Eminem are very, very strong individual players. They can pull out stuff like they can pull stuff out their ass and stuff that's just like, how do you do that? And that's exactly okay. the same with players like Joe. I, I've heard his name dropped a lot in, in like any rank. A lot of pro players are getting angry at this Joe guy for like jumping out windows and playing like a complete idiot, like killing everybody. Um, and I, I think I tuned into easily stream or whatever. And like Joe jumps out a window. I've heard Joe's like, name a lot as well. It kills like four or five guys and easily's like, oh, this guy's an idiot or whatever. Like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. And and he is that type of player. Like he, he is an idiot, but that's actually pretty good when you put that against like a team that might not expect that. And a lot of those teams are actually top tier teams. You know, top tier teams don't expect people to run out, jump out every single window um, and do stuff like that. So I think players like that are going to actually excel, especially in this meta. So Joe is a big name uh, to look out for. Um and then obviously other players in the team, like um, you have Kayak and Tyrant, who maybe you haven't heard of. So I've heard of probably. Kayak. I've seen the name on yeah. Twitter before. But they are really strong, uh, like support players and then second entry type of fraggers. Like there are a lot of players um, that are great. So I'm, I'm just happy to see them getting some recognition now, to be honest, because they've been grinding for a long time, like years. Um, and now they're actually being noticed, which is really good to see. So I'm sure that stands for a lot of other national leagues as well. A lot of players are standing out. It is kind of strange because when you look at esports, uh, I mean, other than Call of Duty, uh, I mean, consoles, outside of consoles, you don't really see the UK being a significant force in the European competitive scene for any real esport, right? Like, if you look at the dominant EU teams in Dota and League, they're Germans, they're Russian, they're French, they're maybe Spanish, you know, they're not 
they're you know they're they're maybe Scandinavian or Nordic. They're not British. They're just not. Yeah. Right. And and the same thing goes with with Counter Strike. You know, most of these most of these CS:GO teams. Well, I mean, obviously, if you consider it a part of the region, which many people don't, CIS tends to dominate in terms of the actual continent of Europe. Uh, but then you've got French teams and you've got German teams that do really well. You know, obviously you had the old Fnatic team and the Nip team that were that were Swedish too. You don't really have any like outstanding strong UK teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, Call of Duty did have it, uh, and I think console esports in general does tend to to do a little bit better in in the UK. But I do really wonder why, and I think it's it I think it's fascinating that you know the UK has has a huge pool of talent in almost every esport for casters. You can't watch a top tier esport right now without hearing a British accent. Yeah. You just can't. You know, you and, and a huge swath of content creators for all of the games are also British, but then it just it doesn't get quite to that level for the actual competition. And I find that very curious. And I, I've always wondered why. Like you're right. Like the, the talent is there and it's proven to be there. Um I'm not so sure about like League and Dota. I don't watch those esports, but I know that in like CS, you have UK players dotted about some places. I'm pretty sure Vitality has UK player uh, in Counter Strike. Um, or they I think, least one, I think one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, and then again in Siege, you know, you have Citizen on G2, you have Leon on Rogue. Like th yeah. they are dotted about the place, but they're not so relevant as others. You're right. Like in the European scene, you have like I guess you could say a lot of Finnish players. Um, yeah. and kind of Nordic players. Um, and and I, I don't know why that is, but I guess their work ethic is maybe better. Like, as I said before, I think UK players sticking together in the one team is a recipe for destruction because of the the their, their attitudes that collide with each other um, and like just their general like background and how they were brought up and stuff. I just don't think it works at top tier like esports, I guess. Because um, like here in the UK, I... I don't know about other countries and stuff, but you know, if if you're growing up and you're playing games, like a lot of games outside of like you know your FIFA's and your Call of Duty's and stuff, you're you're in a very kind of closed circle of people that do that. You know, if you if you turn up to high school and you're like, oh, I'm a hardcore gamer or whatever, people are gonna be like, ah, oh, well, I'm gonna stay away from you uh, or whatever, and that and that's just how the culture is. Like that genuinely is how the culture is here. Sure. everybody is just super into like football and other sports and stuff so i i i really don't know like i'm i'm unsure i wish i could have the answer it's a it's a curious thing for me and i mean i, I do think that that british commentators have a leg up on every other region and it's just that they have the nicest accents period yeah. you know i could des desert could literally be just talking about garbage he could be casting another game <laughs> and i'm still gonna watch the rainbow six match he's cast like he could he could have a rainbow six match on and he could be casting a rocket league game on another monitor and i would still watch it yeah just because it sounds so good right so you get the words out yeah yeah and i mean imagine that you know the english know how to speak english well shocker wow. but well did you say well no i said wow Oh wow, yeah. Like yeah. wow. Um what a surprise. Yeah. Um yeah. so from the UK, let's focus on on Europe because obviously Navi in EUL, you came really close to getting a spot in the mini major as a lot of people are calling mm. it. You fell short. Uh what's your uh, what's your reaction now through the first stage of EUL? What teams have surprised you, your own included, if it's on that list? And uh what do you think uh, should be some expectations for the uh, the mini major? 
Yeah, I want to hear this. Yeah, give it, give think, it to us. I mean, you, you know, you know the teams better, right? Like we just watch yeah, shitty tie best of ones. I guess, so. yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, best whoa. Of ones. I'm sorry, best of ones gotta go, man. That is so shit. Like, oh. Boy. In our house, we stand best of threes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how it works. Yeah, well, with overtime. Uh, with with like overtime. Your house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but EU League teams. Um, like I'm gonna be honest. I think only one team has actually really surprised me, and that's BDS. Um, with a, a recent addition of Bride, um, he is just a monster. Like yeah. the, the fact that that guy is playing like Smoke Thermite and he's currently top of the board in uh, in EU League, like just in almost every statistic, you know, clutches, mm-hmm. KOST, frags, like it's insane. Like he, he is very, very strong. And I didn't expect him to have that big an impact on yeah. uh, BDS because he was previously on Vitality and although he was very standout performer of that team I didn't expect him to have that big an influence on the rest of the players in that team so he has obviously like made that team way better or way more structured I I, I can't tell but um, they really surprised me I thought they were going to be better but I didn't think they were going to be like championship level yeah. uh, comp- competitors I will say and this isn't okay, I don't even want to say this to take anything away from them and i I don't even necessarily believe it because i I haven't played against them i have no idea if it's true but the the honeymoon phase is a thing yeah like that is a thing with every team like teams make a change it it you always like i i even say to my teammates like you know when a team is like actually getting through their problems like when they last like longer than six months like if you Mm -hmm. don't make a roster change for six months you can actually get through some problems together because what happens usually is you make the roster change and then like You'll have like a couple initial problems, maybe that'll get quickly figured out. And then like your first three months will usually be pretty good or they'll suck. And then if they suck, then people usually just make a change right away. Yeah. Um, but if if you like you play those first three months, usually no matter what, a little after that, you start to have some problems because like yeah. at least the way I see it, I feel like is that usually it's like something about your play style changes a little and just people aren't used to it. Like it's not the same team they're used to playing against. And I think after a little adjustment, then then that team starts to have some issues like, okay, we kind of have to like, we have to be more flexible. We have to be able to play differently, so on and so forth. And then they either figure it out or they don't. But um, that could be a thing. I do think they have a nasty lineup though. And there's yeah. very good potential that they stick it's- out. And- stay there but it's it's good that you said that because that actually reminds me of 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 one thing so um when i joined back the navi roster and we had like three or four play days left in pro league season 11 um like i came back and i came out like really swinging hard like i played very very well on all of those games um and and i'm not saying that i'm playing bad right now but i'm not playing to my full potential at the moment like i think I mm-hmm. definitely noticed that, and I've had a rough season, and I and I wonder if that is because when I got unbanned, I was like, I got something to prove here. I got a, yeah. you know, there was some fire burning under me or whatever, saying like, you gotta, you gotta show up here, you gotta show off. And I wonder if that's the same type of thing that teams that make the roster changes happen at the very first kind of couple of months of their play. Because you're right, BDS actually have fallen off towards the end of the EU League season. Like they beat us like seven five. Yeah. Um. At the last play day, and then before that, they lost seven one. So yeah. that's not two dominant results at all. Yeah. So maybe maybe that is a good point. I think. It, yeah. You definitely like you start to know what to expect from teams, right? Yeah. And 
you I figure mean, them out. A good, a good team though. A good team though. They'll they'll continue to change things so that you'll still like they'll remain unpredictable, and like they can by all means do that, right? Um, and they have the talent to back it up. Like if they do, if they put in the work to like stay unpredictable, they'll be good enough to like carry it on. But yeah, like that that's definitely the case, and like that could have been even the case with you is like people hadn't played against you in so long, like combined with the fire. Cause like, I yeah, hundred percent know like that, that is a thing um, when you're fired up and motivated, but I think, yeah. And then like people like probably, yeah, aren't necessarily used to playing against your play style. And then now they're, they're going in the match and like, all right, Doki's on their team. Like he likes to do this or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And like people play with that in mind. So yeah. I, I, that definitely has an effect. Um, like our team talks about it with new players as well. Like when a new fresh talent comes in, like obviously like if they come in and they're doing really well, like regardless that player's like, that's a good player, but there is going to be a come up. There's going to be a point in time where they're going to have to figure some shit out where it's like, people are going to figure them out. They're going to like, they're going to need to kind of recreate their play style to where like people aren't just ready for it. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of like new players come in, they're unknown and they could shoot. Don't get me wrong, like they can shoot, but like they they might only have like these couple of positions that they like to play in and they play it the same way every time. And at first, I mean, you have no idea how that guy plays that. But then like after however many months now, all of a sudden you're like, all right, this guy sits in this spot every fucking time. He doesn't move. Yeah. Yeah. Like either like let's kill him this way or like we just we won't peek him or like whatever. But um, there's a lot of ways about it. And I think that's, that's something in Siege that goes goes a bit unnoticed and that's that's what causes the inconsistency in play styles and that's that's why being consistent is so difficult yeah. right because like you have to keep in mind like the other team the other team's smart too like they're gonna they're gonna prepare for you yeah that's one thing i say all the time is like when you're looking at your losses and stuff like that or like why did you lose like you're playing a very good team all the time like the team that your your opponent is very 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 good if not better than you, if not or equal to you, so um, I think that's something people don't don't actually realize, especially like top tier players. I think they don't give their opponents so much respect sometimes and realize who they're playing against. So, yeah. And and speaking of like the new talent, like I actually got a question for for you guys. Um, yeah. Like I think NGR and Iconic are pretty fresh mm-hmm. faces in the scene in NA, and they have made like a, a really big impact, right? On, on both of their teams, yes. they've been playing great. Did you expect both of them to be where they are? I expected NGR to go nuclear. I did not expect Iconic to do yeah. so well. Yeah, but did you expect them both to go straight to Pro League? Like, oh. upon turning 18? It depended. Like, it more depended on teams. Like, I knew people were aware of them. But, like, I, I don't know, like, I'm not... Personally, like, I don't keep in touch with, like, like a lot of teams. Like, I don't know. There's, like... There's group chats in the NA scene and shit, and like fucking people just Xbox tell each other chat shit in all particular. the time, right? Yeah, like, I'm, I I know nothing about that stuff, so like I find out shit like when the public finds shit out, or like if some of my team heard, like I don't yeah. I don't know shit usually. Yeah. So I had no idea if they would actually get picked up. Like obviously we weren't gonna pick them up, but I knew they were good. Like we knew I I knew NJR was nasty. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't think Iconic. I wasn't impressed by Iconic before. I wasn't. He's been doing really well in pro league though, and he's impressed me. Like really well. I'm not gonna, really well. I'm not really gonna take well. anything away from him. Yeah. But I, I, also, like it could have been like he only played against us, so maybe like maybe he struggles against us. I don't know. Maybe he's gonna. Maybe he doesn't now. I don't know what it is. But like before, I wasn't really impressed by him ever. I was always impressed by NJR though. Um, yeah. I'm just curious. Like I was wondering yeah. if these were like I mean, for us. 
like it it was always potential just because like we knew the Sonics probably wanted to make a change in that the the disrupt team was like figuring out their roster. So yeah. there was like there was a lot of tryouts that went on and like we had heard still about, are going on by the way. Yeah, like in North America. People, right people were trying people out like the forever. Yeah. Like that whole like that whole OB team, which was like Wags, yeah, yeah. J ninety. Yeah. Iconic. Because well, they got a shot in Sonics sure. as well, right? And they did well. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. to my knowledge, yeah, they like all got tryouts. So but that's yeah. actually cool. I had um I had heard about Iconic um, as kind of like a ranked star. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the OB team was was one that if you kept your ear to the ground of like the amateur, like underage scene, you heard a lot about this. And there's been a slew of underage squads that have, have players on it that the moment they turn 18, they're going to get picked up. I mean, mm-hmm. Bolo was one of them. Uh, yeah. You know, Sweater is was very much on that as well. Um, and I'd heard a fair bit about Iconic, but, you know, to be completely honest... The one thing I'd heard about Iconic more than anything was that he just, he literally just leaked everything to everybody and just don't ever tell him, <laughs> don't ever tell him anything. You know, I hadn't, mm-hmm. oh, I'd boy. heard, I'd heard far more about his, his conduct out of game than I'd, mm. than I'd heard it in game. I mean, obviously we'd all seen those, we'd all seen those clips of, of him diving through skylights and breaking in windows or jumping out and getting really ridiculous yeah. kills. And you're like, what the fuck is this? But that's not going to translate to professional mm-hmm. play. So, I mean, you can watch that and think to yourself, okay, this guy's a ranked star. Obviously, he's a young kid. He's got a good shot. But, you know, the greater issues there are discipline, uh, game sense, yada, yada, yada. NJR was somebody whose name I'd heard a lot. Uh, a lot of people saying that, you know, he was cool under pressure. He had he had good decision-making coupled with good mechanics, and he was definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, I think that DG roster, like most people thought, was dead on arrival until they made that change. And, and I honestly yeah. think, and this is no disrespect to Drip, I honestly think if they don't make that NJR change, they're scrapping with E-United to be by far and away the worst team in the region. I mean, that's exactly where they are right now. They're in seventh to E-United's eighth. But I think they're significantly worse without NJR. And he makes up, he patches so many holes on that team alone. I won't be surprised if they make further roster changes. I think there's some good young talent out there. And honestly, if I'm Disrupt, I, I get it. Like Disrupt went and they got... They got a bunch of old players that have been around somewhat for a while and they're experienced and it's it's like a team of journeymen, right? Mm-hmm. If I can use that term that was used on Twitter, I think like last week, it was like mm-hmm. a team of journeymen. But if I'm DG, I'm literally picking up a team of all young players who have heaps of potential and with how bad E United is right now, you're probably not going to get relegated because United's so bad. So it's yeah. like at this point, wow. all you need to do is just pick up a bunch of rookies and let them grow. And in a couple months time, you're going to have a really good fucking team. And you've also cornered the market on like the 18, 19 year old gunners. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. NGR is a great pickup. I pick up a couple more. I think there's a lot of upgrade potential on DG. Uh, and I think that if NJR is the start of this, I think that DG team could be pretty mean in in a year yeah. or so if they do pick up the right pro- the right players. Like yeah. if you're saying that this is something that I think a lot of teams have a problem with. Um, like okay, so you're saying NGR is a great player, blah blah blah. He's always turning up and he's patching the holes that DG have. However, if you're relying on one player to fix your team or one player to patch those holes, that's that's also not a good sign. 
Like, oh, no, uh, it's yeah. definitely a problem opinion. for the team. Yeah. He like makes if, up so many weaknesses yeah, on his own. Exactly. So if you're needing one guy to patch the holes of a full, a full team's mistakes, that's not going to work. Because what if yeah. he has a bad game? You can't blame no. him for it, that. It's definitely know? problematic long term. Yeah, yeah, if NJR doesn't show up or if he gets shut down, it's going to look like the old retro, or sorry, it's going to look like the old reciprocity squad where if Laxing didn't show up, that team would be in significant trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So. So yeah, I, I, don't like, I don't like to put my money in the bag for teams like that because people have bad games. Everybody has bad games. Yeah. yeah. And it's not fair to put the blame on him if he had a bad game, you know? Yeah. The, the blame is on the team for not having more consistency. You know, if, yeah. you know, there, there will be rounds where NJR dies and I'm sure there's a team calm from one of the teams being like, yo, yo, I got NJR. We win the round. Yeah. hundred mm -hmm. percent. There are teams saying that. And you obviously, yeah. you can't be doing that. Like you cannot allow that to be something that can be said about your team. I, I mean, do think they're getting better and stuff. Like Sorry, I do on. think they're getting better and everything yep. like as a team and all, all that, but they, they do rely on him too much. And I mean, I think part of that is, yeah, they, they might need to like make some changes in the future to like upgrade some spots, but I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. I'm like I'm not even like a hundred percent sold on some of the like I don't, I don't have changes on the top of my head like that they should make, but um, they do rely too much on him right now, and yeah. I mean I guess you can make arguments with a lot of teams that they rely on players too much. Like people could say we rely on Rampy too much or something, but. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Like, eh. I, yeah, I do think that doesn't do... come across for your team, though. Because, no, no, no. no like, I know. I'm just giving an example. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's definitely better examples of that, but yeah, they they probably rely on him too much. Yeah. I think that's the case with a lot of like lower level low level teams. Like they're a tier one team, but like not like they're not like in the absolute top best of na right now they're not yet they're they're they can fight for it and like if they have if they play well enough like it can happen they could be mm -hmm. a top team but like they are an underdog in that kind of matchup and fuck, what was i getting at like i, <laughs> nice. I lost it i lost <laughs> it oh my nice. god no if if they want to go like beyond that though like you that's a common thing with like your like sixth to eighth place teams. I feel like is like sometimes they just have a superstar, and like the the weight isn't as like well distributed. Like it's not as well rounded of a team. That's just that's just how it is. I mean, they they'll get better and eventually they'll become more well rounded, maybe. But it takes time. I mean, this is the challenger league path that we've seen through North America, and I mean, I don't think there's a better example that most people will remember than the Beast Coast you know, reckless roster. The team that burned their way through Challenger League was ZZ, Breezy, Powerful, Schlongy, and Goddess. And then the team that ended up playing in Pro League had Laxing and Foxy and Retro all on that squad. Like, mm -hmm. th those three players, Laxing, Retro, and Foxy are such huge fucking upgrades on that roster, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you you go from a team of where your 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 potential or your average let's say let's say this is like Madden or FIFA and we're going to rate all the players out of 100 you go from a squad whose whose score/rank is like 65 to adding Fox A laxing and retro and now all of a sudden your team is a 78 you know like you've now upgraded all those positions and i think 
the path that a lot of these lower teams take and, and DG might make this as well is you have somebody like NJR who for hypothetical sake, let's say he's a 90 and everybody mm -hmm. else on that squad's a 60. This is hypothetical. So don't get mad if you're a DG player. Oh, what you're going to do is you're going to want to say, okay, well, we can maybe pick up an 80 and now you've upgraded one of those 60s to an 80. And then you do that again. And now you have a 90 and two 80s and two 60s and your team is already immediately better. And you yeah. just continuously cycle players out. I mean, look at Space Station. The Space Station roster was great back in the day. They were good enough for a middle of the pack pro league squad when it had Chala, Trippin, Redeemer, etc. on it. And they very slowly made upgrades. And now they're. Yeah, that, that and was now literally the, the joke. The Sorry? joke was like that, that. That SSG like they couldn't stop making roster changes. Like that was yeah. the joke because they mm -hmm. they they made changes more than anyone else before. It was literally every three months there was like at least one change, if not two. Yeah, we haven't made one since I joined, but like that's yeah, yeah. It's kind of the path you have to take sometimes. But there's there's yeah. also I think a good saying, and and Young actually talked about this. Young talked about it on this stream, and I think Mo might have touched on it as well when both of them were talking about how they had tryouts for pro league teams, both of them just kind of said like the teams that are trying me out, I don't want to play for. Yeah. And I hate to say it, but like, it's true. If you're, if you're a superstar and you see a team fluffy kittens that are all a bunch of sixties and you're an 85, are you going to want to play with them? You're going to be on no. a losing team where you're probably going to have yeah. shit stats. Yeah. Do you want to go to a team that is clearly worse than you? No, you don't. But for the younger players with tons of potential, this is perfect. And that's why somebody like NJR, if he's friends with these players and he wants to prove himself, this is an excellent opportunity for him. Now, the key for DG is to not let NJR leave. You want to build around him. And yeah. my focus, if I'm disrupt, would be I need to grab somebody who is equally as talented, who will be able to play off and support him. That would be my focus if I'm disrupt. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to yeah. lose a player like that if, if he is your like uh, light at the end of the tunnel yeah. for, for your team. So, yeah. Um, This is a good topic. Let's actually use this topic to discuss what happened last night on Twitter while we're staying on NA before we pivot back to EU because obviously everybody saw it and it was, I woke up to it this morning and I was like, holy smokes, what happened last night? Um, <laughs> so for the people that need a, uh, a brief recap, essentially what happened was uh, all of the matches that are getting played off stream which is the two lower bracket matches, which was the Tempo Mirage game, and then was scheduled to be Mirage versus the Sonics. After the Sonics, by the way, had just played two best of threes, literally back to back with 30 minutes in between these games. It was supposed to go on at like, it was like 11 o'clock or 1130 on the East Coast, which is an outlandish hour to start a match yeah. at. Um, I mean, who would, who would ever play <laughs> qualifiers at that time? Um as we casted the 4.30 a.m. qualifiers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna, that was the joke. Um, but basically, Caliber Jacob tweeted that he had taken off work uh, to cast this match, uh, and he was, he was bummed out that the match ended up getting postponed, which was the right call, by the way. Uh, postponing the match to another day, that's the correct call to make. No right. team should have to play three best of threes back to back to back like that. That is, it's exhausting. It is not competitive. I'm glad that whether it was Sonics, you know, pushing for it, whether it was Mirage pushing for it, whether Face It or Ubisoft made that call on their own, I don't care who deserves credit. Thank you for moving that match. It was a bad idea, in my opinion, to play all of them back to back to back. It was sensible that they changed it. But anyway, Jacob just tweeted out, and it was kind of a I'm, I'm upset for myself kind of tweet. 
uh, a pity party tweet, so to speak, that basically said, you know, I took off, uh, I took off work for this and now it's being postponed like this sucks. And Super uh, jumped in and said something like, to the to the effect of like oh boo hoo that you don't get to work like we just played two best of threes back to back like fuck off mm. we need to, we need rest and then all hell just fucking broke loose <laughs> on twitter and the gates of hell opened and all of the demons rushed out and it's just like everybody's in on it and it was just like it's like jacob poked his friend at the other table. So his friend in like in the cafeteria, Jacob poked his friend and then his friend yeah. like went to throw like a yogurt at Jacob, but missed. And now there's a full blown food fight and everybody in the cafeteria is fighting. <laughs> this is basically what happened. Um, eventually, so eventually what ended up happening is, is Jacob deleted his tweet. Um, and then the Sonic stepped up and covered what would have been the wages that Jacob would have made for taking that shift off or would have made if he hadn't oh, taken that shift that. off, which is, which is a huge bro move mm -hmm. from the Sonics, by the way, they don't need to do that. Uh, I would imagine, I don't know. He works at a, he works at a grocery store, I think in Colorado, I think minimum wage, you're probably looking at 80 to hundred bucks, maybe depending on how much he's making huge, huge move from the Sonics. They didn't need to do it. They did it. Um, but I want your two thoughts on what happened because I caught up on it via the subreddit thank god for the rainbow six pro league subreddit they uh they might miss a lot of action and they might miss a lot of matches but they sure don't miss the drama <laughs> that's for sure um so i just want to i just want your two thoughts on the situation and, and how you think it was handled handled from all parties involved you go first Dopey. yeah i mean I didn't see it so much until this morning when i recapped it people were posting screenshots and stuff they deleted tweets uh everywhere and I mean, like, like honestly, I mean, he took his shift off work, which I get is a pain in the ass for him. But you need to realize that the people that the um, the people that the game was moved for, that's our jobs as well. That's those guys' jobs who are playing right there, and it's those guys' jobs to win. So you need to look at it from two perspectives and realize that moving it is actually better for everybody, right? It is. Yeah. That there's more people. Like as sad as it is for Jacob not getting his shift in or not getting um, the money that he needs apparently, whatever. Like, that's 10 people whose lives have been bettered instead of one guy you know like that's that I, I don't know like it sucks but i don't think like life does suck sometimes i don't I, I don't think that he needs to be repaid or whatever for missing that shift like i get it was nice for the sonics to do but maybe this is just me coming in and being a horrible little demon but <laughs> uh I, I i don't i don't i don't think stuff like that is um is 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 needed to happen like um so yeah i don't i don't know not a fan of that one to be honest yeah i mean i think i think it's more because like hmm. like i think the fact that they paid them is more along the lines because of how like the sonic's fucking like the players fucking swung on him bro like <laughs> it was brutal and it was like I th I think they I think only did it murder, because like way. bro they they just missed like they just barely missed out in that series they had just played two series like bro I would be irritable as fuck like if I saw that tweet I I might have done the same thing bro yeah like I would have been brutal because I I would have been super irritable and that like they were the same way yeah um I agree though like at the end of the day like the player like the players being well rested for like 
to have an actual match. Like people are there to watch the match. They're not. I'm gonna be, they're not there to listen to Caliber Jacobs casting. They're not. There would be people that would be there to support Jacob, but yeah, the lion yeah, there, share of there people are tuning in for yeah. the match. Yeah. Oh, so yes. so he was actually meant to cast as well. I, I, yes. That's I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then then may, maybe that's a little different. Then was that's he why he took the shift off with Red Cube, which is why he took it off. Yeah. Yeah, he was, took the shift he... off so he could cast. Yeah. Like like would he get paid for the cast? No. There's uh, to the best of my knowledge, community casting doesn't pay. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and speak from a place of ignorance and say that whenever I did community casting and all that jazz for ESL, never, ever got paid. Um, yeah. I know that they paid. There was, I, I don't know how many seasons, but there was at least one season where they paid Challenger League casters to cast. Uh, but this is community casting, right? Yeah. And it's and it's something that is relatively new because if you remember, there was no community casting as of two weeks ago. So I, I highly doubt they've they've added a, a sum uh in terms of it, but um then I, I don't see that's an even bigger point. I I don't see why he would get paid his work shift. Like he, he took it off to do some pre casting, right? Well it was just more the fact that I guess he took the shift off and it didn't happen and he was yeah. bummed out because he could have gone to work instead. Like so, yeah. I, yeah. I get it because in advance, like that was what the schedule was, right? Like, like face it, face it shouldn't have made that the schedule in the first place. I agree yeah. with that. And yeah. that bums him out. But I do think it was insensitive for him to tweet that because like the players are fucking going through it. And he like, he did not word the tweet well. And that, that has been like said over and over again. It's also like, been a reoccurring not... theme with his Twitter. Yes. Like I, it, it was so the, the way he phrased it, like it was like, yeah, it was, very pity party like victimizing like yeah and i can come in here with with my perspective because i also took off work to cast but it was ccs which was much smaller potatoes um you know at the time uh when i had just started casting and i was doing ccs ccs was was being played wednesday and friday nights well at the time i was serving and bartending for the people who aren't aware, Friday nights are often the second busiest night of the week for that job, and it's good money, and I would take off every Friday. Why? Because it was important to me that I cast to build experience. And what a lot of people don't realize is that people turning around and saying, oh, boo-hoo, you're the one who took off work, realize that sometimes you need to make sacrifices in order to try and accomplish a bigger goal. And if his goal is to become a professional caster, he needs experience. Getting to cast a, a professional level team in a qualifier that will be put up on YouTube and watched by thousands of people is invaluable experience. And all these people that are kind of hand-waving it away being like, well, it's just a hobby. Don't seem to realize that if people aren't making these sacrifices, if I didn't make those sacrifices for CCS, I'm not here. If I adopted that attitude and I worked my shifts on Friday nights and I didn't cast the big matches... I probably wouldn't have had the experience to go into pro league. I wouldn't have had the experience to get recognized. I wouldn't have the skills to get recognized. I wouldn't have had the body of work for people to look back on. I wouldn't have made those same, you know, relations with, with different players and connections with different players and casters. I'm not here right now. If I didn't make those sacrifices to take off work and sacrifice good money to do this. And I think a lot of people are looking at it in the wrong direction. Now I, I will say this. I will say this, uh, the tweet from Jacob, if you're going to tweet as a voice of the community, as he kind of does, 
that's not the type of tweet that you put out on that account. True. He, ha yeah. he has he has a private account that a lot of people have private accounts that are followed by a couple dozen people. That's where that tweet goes. You do not put up a general I'm sorry for myself tweet when other people are being impacted on a public account because you, yeah. and a lot of people said this like, oh, it's his personal Twitter. He can say whatever he wants. If I were to come out tomorrow and say, fuck you, Ubisoft, fuck you, face it, blah, 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 on my, on my Twitter, do you think there would be no consequences? Well, it's my <laughs> personal Twitter. I'm allowed to say that, right? Well, wrong, numbskulls. There's going to be consequences for the things you say. Just because it's your personal Twitter doesn't mean I can go out there and start dropping slurs and not expect there to be consequences. So if Jacob is going to go out and he's going to complain on his, on his Twitter, yeah, you're right. It is his Twitter. He can say whatever he wants on it in theory but it doesn't make him immune from consequences and he'll still be held accountable for the things he says. So when he goes out there and he complains, well, he's complaining off of an account that is essentially a business account, as much as we hate to say it, in the scene. If he had put it on his, his whatever, this Jacob dude or whatever his private account is that he still has that he used when his original account got banned, uh, a couple a couple weeks ago over that brouhaha with Uzumaki, if he had put it on that account, I don't think anybody would have given a shit and, and we all would have yeah. moved on. But he posted on a public account where it's, hey, don't forget about me. Look at me. I'm bummed out, which is not the kind of thing you do when, as Doki pointed out, you have 10 other people who are impacted by this and not just 10 other people. You have the people who would be spectating it, which is, I think, Crater. You had the other caster, which was Red Cube. You've got the coaches who are going to be staying up. You have the social media teams from Mirage and the Sonics, you've now got about 20 some odd people involved. Yeah. So, so all of these people are now getting the night off, which was the right call. And I hope that in the future, face it stretches these things out because I thought that it was a, a problem that the Sonics were playing two matches back to back with minimal breaks to begin with. What yes. would have been better is the DZ tempo or the DZ Mirage match goes, tempo Sonics goes. And then as much as I hate to say it, then you have the Tempo Mirage match third, which allows yeah. the finals to have a bit of a gap. And yeah, it sucks that Tempo is going to play two maps back to back, but it's the lower bracket. It's literally for nothing other than points. Who gives a shit? Have that Tempo Mirage match third and then do the finals. That's what should have been done or just have it over two days and have it the finals be days, played. But... Yeah, and have the finals be played yeah. today. That's what should have been back, done. Yeah. That's what should have been done. Um, and I mean, it's a learning curve. ESL was still making these kinds of decisions that we had complained about and we had given feedback for, and ESL was still making it in their third year, right? So it, it's give face it time. One thing that I will say so far about this face it Ubisoft, Ubisoft partnership is that they have been excellent at taking feedback and very quickly acting on it. They listened about the community casting. They listened about the, the feedback regarding uh, limits on Canadian and, and US division players being allowed, et cetera. And in Challenger League too, they've been receptive to feedback. The thing that crossed the line for me in that whole engagement was Super didn't need to jump in, but it's Super, he did. He likes to antagonize from time to time. I would have taken umbrage with that tweet if I was Super. I probably wouldn't have said anything, but I can see how tensions run high. The other thing, too, is that Jacob immediately fired back by saying, like, this is my Twitter, like, I'm allowed to vent about whatever I want. Yeah. And then he said something like, stick to choking major qualifiers, which is yeah. just, it, oh, it is, was, it is that was, so. That wasn't a wise one. That was, yeah. that was, that, it's and, like, you're going to come at Seth with that after he just lost a really emotional match in which he's already been so pissed 
That he literally walked off the interview with Face It earlier. Like that was so dumb from Jacob. That was that was a huge, huge blunder. And that's what ultimately set everything off was his was his answer back. If he had said to Super, like, you know what, you're right. I was just venting my bad, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I like, et cetera. Just like you're right, I was venting. You know, I it was a good game. Like you guys played well. Like I look forward to casting you guys tomorrow. None, none of this would have happened. But he didn't de-escalate. He threw an entire truck of propane onto that fire and then everybody just blew up and yeah. that's where that's where shit really got out of hand and that was that was a hundred percent on jacob's shoulders and i mean i can understand he was frustrated but it's like you got to think before you tweet man you really got to do yeah yeah definitely you really got to do you really got to do it shut up my brain is all fuzzy I called them UB shift like two seconds ago because Did you? I, thinking, I didn't even hear that. Yeah, I called them I called them UB shift because my brain is like upside down right now trying to process all this. You got to do, you know, it's like I always say, you really got to do. You really got to do. So I like it. Um, that those are my thoughts on it. I think it was handled poorly by everybody. Uh, I hope mm -hmm. in the future that Faison and Ubisoft are able to stretch these schedules out. These teams shouldn't be playing best of threes back to back. That's exhausting. If they can avoid it, go right ahead. If they can't avoid it, I mean, we watched the quals from the majors in SI, and I mean, we casted them where teams would literally play like three best of threes back to back. It happens. Yeah. It sucks. It's not ideal. Yeah. Sometimes you can't stretch the schedule. If you can stretch it and avoid it, do that. If you can't, then at least try to stick to it. It sucks for Jacob because I know what those sacrifices are like and I know what it's like being tight on money. I can empathize with that. But people yeah. coming at him and then making fun of his job, I think was was inappropriate. But all of that was started because he took a swing at Seth when he really, yeah. really shouldn't have. Yes. Like, I think something to take away from it that I actually have pretty good experience with is, like, think before you speak, especially if you're speaking to big audience, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. there you go. Um, oh, words. So now that we're talking about toxicity. <laughs> oh boy. I've let, oh, I really you, let you off that now. one. You, you gave us the segue <laughs> right in here. I don't even need to pull anything. Now that we're talking about really? toxicity. You are, uh, to the best of my knowledge, you are the first person on our show who has been banned for toxicity. So uh, mm. let's, let's dive into this one. Uh, because obviously this, this dominated... Uh, the Twitterverse and social media when out of nowhere you seemingly get vaporized from competitive play. Um, mm. And I mean, I'm going to kind of leave the floor open for you to talk because I, my first question obviously is going to be like, how much did this surprise you? I know you've talked about it at length, uh, but for the people that are watching that might not consume other content or, or might have not heard it before, I think this is a, a good platform to, to kind of dive into it. Um, the, 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 First point, I guess, that you can dive off of is, did it surprise you? Like, I mean, obviously it surprised you. It, it sure seemed like it from your from your Twitter comments. But what was your... Take us to Doki's mindset. Like, what happens? Are you, are you fearing that your entire career is over? Is there a road back, yeah. redemption, etc.? And then how did you handle that? Yeah. So to get it started for people that don't know... Because maybe there are people, especially watching your stream from America and stuff that don't know. Uh, I was permanently banned in-game on two of my accounts. Live on stream, by the way. I'll add a bonus there. Some clips of that. Um, but yeah, I was permanently banned on two of my accounts for severe toxicity in-game, which then led to a six-month competition uh, uh, suspension as well, meaning I can't play Pro League for six months. Uh, so yes, 
to answer your question, it was a big surprise. I didn't I didn't expe- expect anything like that, nor did I get any warning whatsoever from uh, Ubisoft or organization or whatever. Um, nobody knew it was coming. Um, and I, I remember when I got banned, I, I, I kind of thought it was like a, oh, well, someone's, you know, banned me for something pretty um, minute or something that can be easily, you know, resolved or I, I'm going to get unbanned. Is what I was thinking, but turns out that wasn't the case. They wanted to say, "Listen, you've 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 wronged. You will now punish. You will now be punished." Um, and I mean, it's it's true. Like I think I I should have got um the ban. I think I spoke to a lot of people about this, saying like I'm not arguing why they banned me or anything like that. But um, that's one thing I do strongly wish they enforced better is the communication part of how they got that ban across, because I would um. I, I didn't deserve the warning, like to get a warning, but it would have been nice to know, you know, like if it was coming, like, oh, hey, Doki, by the way, you're curious about to hit the, uh, hit the fan in a couple of, couple of hours. Yeah. Just be ready for it, you know? It kind of came uh, out of nowhere like that was kind of... Yeah. Or but, like, um, I'm surprised there was no communication with like your organization or anything. Yeah, either, there, you know? was, there was nothing, yeah. Yeah. But hey, I mean, I, as I say, I, I know why they did it and it's happened, so whatever. Yeah. Um. But yes. Again, to answer your question, at the time I thought I was done, like completely done. I was like, oh well, I'm gonna go back to work. I guess like normal work. Um. And I'm just gonna leave my siege career, pack the bags, and and never come back. And it was really upsetting. Like I was, like, I don't want to say I was like depressed and stuff, but like I was really down in the dumps for like a long while because I was like I have gave up my whole life, like without trying to play the sympathy card. I have gave up my whole life trying to pursue a competitive career in this game. I've given up everything, friends, family, job, everything. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, you are, you are gone. You know, everybody's talking about you being a you know, toxic kid, etc. Um, I know it sucks, but yeah, like it, it, it's weird. It's, it was a while ago now, right? Like it's nine it's months. It's actually ago. a long time ago. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is probably a bit bad. Um, don't go getting banned, guys. But I honestly think it's bettered me, way bettered me, be, um, like as a person and like inside and outside of the game. Like I've changed like so much. Like I'm still an asshole. Like don't <laughs> don't get don't get me wrong. I don't want to not be an asshole. But um, I have definitely you know gained a lot of experience and stuff, and I know when and when not to speak a little bit more now. It's definitely matured me. So. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a light at the end of every bad situation, I guess. Um, and I am so unbelievably grateful to be back where I am right now because put yourself in Navi's shoes, organization and uh, players. Why would you keep some guy around who can't help you for half a year? Yeah, you know, who can't, he, you, you still need to pay that guy if he's around, you still need to support him if he's around. Why? Why, why not just leave him? So that really showed some respect especially from yeah. the organization for me and my teammates like, I, I was impressed by that yeah like that shows that you're actually you care you know yeah. so um so yeah and that, and that actually is big shout out to our team manager uh night end like i'm pretty sure he was the guy that kind of pled my case a little bit and you know he's always gonna stay really close friend because of that like a lot of respect for that guy and um, he worked his ass off to to, to help me and help me redevelop where i am now so thank you i guess 
were, so, um, were you yeah. surprised that they kept you around? Like, um, what did you think the odds were? And and if and if you'd been dropped by them, what was your? I'm sure you'd probably thought about it, what was your next step if you got cut from that squad. I remember speaking to my dad and stuff um, about this because my dad helped me like email a lot of like people, you know, email Ubisoft multiple times, email Navi multiple times. Um, and I was like certain, I was like, there's, there's no way they're going to keep me around. Why, why would they keep me around? You should, like, yeah. it's, you know, like really why? Um, and then I guess they realized that, you know, I am a good player. You know, I am, I, I have qualified for where I, I'm meant to be and I'm doing well in, in Pro League, etc. Um, and, you know, I, I, at the time I was building a pretty big audience and stuff on stream. So I'm sure these factors helped like a lot with keeping me, keeping me involved. Mm-hmm. Um, your stream started to pop off around that time. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, didn't, yeah. you couldn't really do anything other than stream, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's the other thing. I started helping a team out a lot more on the side as well. It's like not, not so much hard coaching, but like just general things like strap preparation, like calming everybody down after like losses and stuff like that. So I was, I wasn't just not helping the team. You know, I, I was there. Right. Um, but it was a really tough period for everybody involved. So, yeah. So Interesting. You, you said that it's changed you in game and out. What was the biggest impact on that? Because this is the part I want to focus on, right? Is because, I mean, people have seen the screenshot that floated around. Um, nobody knows if that's the exact culprit. And still, to the yeah. best of my knowledge, your ban is is largely still shrouded in mystery as to exactly yeah. what you said. Um, yeah. Presumably, it was the horrific stuff. But the question that I want to ask is, what ways has it matured you and changed you and 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 how can you tell people because people talk about changing all the fucking time and then mm-hmm. they don't actually change they just say they do how can you convince people that you have actually changed and you are not going to be saying those same things and you don't feel those things even if you ever did at any point that led you to getting banned mm-hmm. i mean like you, you you know me like and you know how people react to stuff about me like they're always i guess making fun of me and stuff like it's it's, it's part of like what i am and the brand i have right now etc which i'm totally fine with by the way i'm not saying you need to stop all that um <laughs> but like i think a, a big impact i had like a, after the ban um like you're right i don't exactly know what i got banned for um i have a genuine idea but uh like the thing that actually kind of resonated with me is what you say actually has an impact on people even if it's people you don't know online like people from the other end of the fucking earth i don't know like like if you say stuff online as harsh as it could be or as how much of a joke as you think it is that is gonna that is gonna impact someone like all it takes is um you know all, all it takes is for you to get angry in a game and you say oh kill yourself or whatever um, in a game and that can be the wrong time to say that to one of the people on the enemy team like that yeah. can actually have a big impact on people um and i i think that is what you need to realize is what you do say however much you think it is a joke pe- someone is going to take it to heart and someone is going to be hurt by that and it's going to change in a way change their life or whatever so it's it's just kind of like I, I i can't prove to anybody that like i have like changed or whatever but i know like for myself like i am watching how i treat other people um and, and definitely people that i don't know um like I'm, I'm treating them as like maybe more so as an equal than i did before because like it, it is horrible what a, a human beings can say to other human beings you know it's it's um 
it, it is horrible. So, I mean, I, I don't think I can prove uh, to anybody to make them 100% like believe me or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that I need to, but I, I have, I have believed myself, like I've ma- made it to myself that I have changed and that I'm going to keep this way for the good because I feel that it's important to, to not go back on, on your work and stuff like that, you know? So do you, I don't know. do you feel like you have a responsibility as somebody who is reformed, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, and I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily buy that you can completely change, not you, just, just people in general. I don't necessarily buy that you can change your entire stripes in the span of six months, nine months, et cetera. I, I think it's a constant learning process. And, uh, I think we all have issues with various different things that we need to sort through and that we are constantly maturing and learning and changing and being better. And sometimes, sometimes you need a very rude awakening to shake you from your position, which I think you got. And I mean, I don't, I don't need to be the one to buy an apology. I don't need to be the one that grants you forgiveness, et cetera, because it's not me that was impacted by any of the things that you might or might not have said. My opinion, frankly, doesn't fucking matter. The people who were impacted are the people whose opinion matters. So do you think you have a responsibility to those, to, to them and to the people who you, who you said awful things to, do you think you have a responsibility to them? to be outspoken and lead by example in regards to being anti-toxicity. Do you think that you owe them because of the things you said as a means of, of showing that you've genuinely changed? Do you think you owe them a platform so that you can speak out against the same things that you allegedly said to ensure that it doesn't continue from other Mm. people? I mean, like, definitely um i i would say that i ha that i should use this experience to definitely help those who i previously offended or um or, or whatever however i'm you know i'm not out here looking for forgiveness or anything like that. that's not what i'm i've never been about that i don't i don't you know there's nothing i can say now or change now that will change what i said in the past there's, i can't i can't change that at all but what i would say is now like just small things. Whenever I'm playing with people, or especially people who are younger than me, I'm I'm always kind of like cautious to what they are saying or how they are representing themselves. Especially if it's in public, in game, on a stream or whatever. Like you, you don't know what's around the corner for, for for you. You don't know if if you know you're gonna get six month banned as well tomorrow, um, for stuff you said in the past. So I think it's it's important for me to to get the message out to those people who maybe are going down that kind of path, I guess you could say, I, I don't want to name names, but like there are people out there that I know who have said some also horrible things. And I'm trying to, to kind of, you know, lead by example, say like, Hey, look, my career, my whole life was turned upside down. You know, let's not let that be for nothing and actually look at why and look at how you can avoid it. Because to, to some people I remember seeing on Twitter, at the time of my ban, he was like, oh, so what? He it, he was banned from playing for six months. His, his life is ruined. You know, his, he's still able to do what he wants to do. But that's not the case. It's it's completely ruined. It's like, imagine Canadian, if uh, tomorrow Lycan came into your room and said, hey, uh, you're off the team and you're benched for the next year. Like, how would you feel? Like, what would you do? You'd feel like shit, yeah. right? That'd be so, bad. That, that'd be bad. Um, so like, there are things I think I could still do better to kind of, as you say, like I owe people some things, 
but um, I think right now I'm just trying to lead by example and use my situation uh, as an awareness thing for those people who are um, who are maybe going down a bad a bad route in terms of toxicity. I think that's reasonable. I like it. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's a rude awakening, and and I I know I know a bunch of people in this community uh, who have had very public outings on things they've said in the past, be it homophobic language, sexist language, racist language, etc. Man, fuck, I still see it. I still see tweets that are borderline sexist, borderline racist from people that are within our community, within pro play, or at least on the fringes of pro play, etc. And I just kind of raise my eyebrows, even in, I guess my less eyebrows now, as chat would say. <laughs> uh, I raise my eyebrows at it and just kind of think to myself, like, how is nobody from an org dealing with this? You know, like, how how has nobody stepped in? Yeah. How has nobody stepped in to say, like, I, I get it, you're allowed to have your opinions, and, and not everybody has correct opinions if, if you are somebody who even believes that there are correct opinions to begin with. But it, how is there nobody saying, like, hey, yeah, you can't, you can't tweet a thing, like, calling all women, like, thoughts. Like, you just, you can't, you can't use, yeah. like, the term, like, e-thoughts or e-sluts or something like that as <laughs> a professional player. Like, use your yeah. fucking brain, like... Yeah, there are some things out there that are crazy. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. Um, so I, that's why I asked you if you think that you have a responsibility because I take a lot of heat because I'm very outspoken to try to knock this stuff down. And I think that mm -hmm. you particularly have, you have a much better example than I do, right? I'm just some snowflake SJW, whatever people want to call it. Uh, I think Bacon just calls me a soy boy all the time. Soy boy. Yeah, yeah there, that's the one. Oh. And it's like, I speak out against this stuff all the time. And, and obviously, you know, there's there's tons of shitty people on social media that will attack you for that and try to invalidate your opinions. And I just, that's why I said, or that's why I asked if, if you felt, because you literally have a, te it was a teachable moment for people. Hey, I said terrible things. I got banned. It nearly killed my entire career. Fix yourself. And that, that's just why I asked that, that question, because to me, it's personally, I think we all shoulder a responsibility, regardless of whether we've been banned or not, regardless of whether we've said bad things or not, regardless of whether we've led a pure life or eat soy or not. Um, but I, I feel like you, to a certain extent, do. And and I will say this, I've, I've seen far less dumbass tweets from you, like you used to tweet and say things on stream that I thought were hilarious they weren't racist or sexist. They were just you being a shithead to your teammates. But even then, Thank you've you. re you've reduced that to a certain extent, right? And and I think that yeah, I I think that for me watching your growth over the last couple months, uh, I like to think it's not just an act for show, but it certainly seems like you've it certainly seems like you've you've learned from what you underwent, and I think that is part of the point. Yeah. I think that's part of the point. If we make mistakes and we own up to them and we prove that we can change, I think that forgiveness from the people who are impacted, because like I said, I, I can't forgive you. But from the people who yeah. are impacted, I think that forgiving somebody for learning and growing, I think is the right thing to do. So, Yeah, like, I mean, I know my word might not mean anything. It's definitely not an act, but um, I just wish that like for, for, for future, like um 
I guess I was used as an example, a big example um, to many. And you're right, there are a lot of professional players still playing this game who are or were extremely toxic and got away with it, some could say. Um, and I think those players need to take from my experience and say like, oh, holy shit, like this guy was completely fucked. Like the fact that he is here where he is now is unbelievable. Um, so I should watch what I am I am saying and watch what I am have said and take more respect when addressing people and stuff like that because you're right, like it is an unbelievable big percentage of people who have said really bad stuff who are still playing today. So I think those are the people that need to learn from from what I from what I did. You are also incredibly lucky that you were not either perma banned or just completely mm -hmm. blacklisted from teams right so that's the mm -hmm. that's another thing here too is that whether you were reformed or not not everybody gets that chance yeah and that's and that's like, the thing I, I am grateful i was given a second chance like that that is the one thing i have said it's like i'm i made this abundantly clear like i am not looking for any sympathy from anybody ubisoft or community like the fact that i am where i am now it's not just you know it, it, it's not me that was allowed to be here someone has said let's give this guy a second chance and see what he can do and i do appreciate mm -hmm. that like i really appreciate that because you know like i was in a really bad spot if i couldn't be here right now so i'm gonna make sure that i can use my time here to, to do something uh do something good so yeah. thank you and i do mean that so Troy, do you have anything yeah. to add to the topic, by the way? I realize that no, I mean, I've been the one doing most of the talking. There's not all that much for me to say about it, I feel like. like I I think you're handling it well, Doki. I mean, it was it was a shitty situation. Like, uh, obviously, you fucked up. Um, I'm not going to, like, say anything about that. Like, that's obvious enough. Uh, but, yeah, like, it, it definitely lucky that you you've been given the second chance and i think i don't, like i i don't know you like super well or anything but i mean i know that if i were in your shoes like if i were given that kind of opportunity like if i had fucked up like brutally or whatever and that someone's like like people like ubisoft and like yeah like an organization like navi like usually organizations and like businesses like they're not the type of people that are like all right here's a second chance for something yeah. like that so like yeah i mean i i would i'd be like you are like you, you don't want to fucking waste that right um just be grateful for it and just move forward don't yeah not looking for forgiveness like the fact that you're giving they're giving you a second chance like that's enough right oh yeah so definitely and i think yeah. i think the other thing is is people um i know i've said this before but people who are looking at my situation and say, okay, I I can fuck up once and I'll be given a second chance. Mm -mm. Like, I I don't think that's that's definitely not, not true. Like yeah, I, I am I am in a very lucky position, like you say, um, right now, um, and like not not everyone is gonna get that. Nobody yeah. is gonna get that. I see my face is flying around on the screen. Right we're now. having we're having issues with the Skype keeps going out of sync. I don't know why. But it's it's never happened before for some reason. Mm. It's very irritating, okay. and I have to keep changing not, it because you'll end up like a second behind. Not gonna lie, like 
I thought I was getting some like serious conversation here, and you were like making my head like really big on the screen. Just no, 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 no. Like, and I was, like, it oh, was okay. funny because like <laughs> when when you first started this this topic, uh, it was when people were like, "He's really out of sync," and I I looked, and you were about a second behind your voice. So I, I tried to change the input and it made you tiny. And then as I was like trying to change you, it made you tiny again. So I just gave up and put it in the top right nice. corner. Nice. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix this. So give me a sec here, but you can keep talking. I just, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it was, I think it was really lucky that you were given a second chance. I, I think that there are a lot of people who aren't obviously. Uh, I think this, this has kind of run its course cause we're going to retread the same ground. But mm. um, the big thing for me is, as long as you learned from it and have genuinely changed, then I think that the, you know, like the healing process, so to speak, uh, I think can happen. And, and that's the, that's the big thing for me is that, you know, people will ramble on about cancel culture and people being held accountable for things they've said and all that jazz. And I think that if, if we can prove that somebody has learned from a mistake and has grown and isn't repeating that mistake, then I think that forgiveness is, is required almost. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are things that are unforgivable, but I think that if you if you make comments when you're younger and you grow from it and all that jazz, and then you've proven you know that you've you've grown up. We've had tons of pro players that have said such stupid shit when they were 18, 19, 20 years old, and they're doing a lot better now. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard growing up on social media. You know, yes. I'm so lucky yeah. that like social media didn't really exist until I was like 17, 18. Cause I couldn't even imagine the garbage I would have pumped out when I was like 13, well, I, 14. I, I've said some, when I was growing up playing Xbox live, bro, I said some dumb shit. Yeah. You're the yeah, first like, one to tell you, bro. I was, I was an idiot on Call of Duty. I mean like nothing, nothing horrible, but like I, I wasn't nice. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you learn like. I, I've learned it pretty quick, but like, that's, that's just, I think, yeah, it's, it's a tough thing to grow up in. And I think it was, it was necessary though. Like, like for, for so many people to learn from it. And also like, just like your case, like it's in, it's in the public eye. Like a lot of younger kids are going to learn from that. Mm-hmm. Like if I, like when I was playing like call of duty and I was being a fucking asshole, just like in, in fucking chat and stuff, like, if I had like seen an example like you, like while I was that young, like I think I would have learned from it. And I've been like, well, oh I shit, so. I don't want that to happen to me. Because the thing is, is like a lot of cases, like when kids say this, they think it's inconsequential, right? Yep. And like, yeah, you you just need to realize it's not. Because like you're not thinking of the fact that, like, yeah, it, you you might be later down the line having a career in this game, and it comes back to bite you. Yeah. What is no, going for sure. in the chat? I there is like what this is peanut emo? gallery of citizen gig secretly Kendrew kayak oh, and blur yeah. where they were starting like the they were clapping for Doki and now they're hyper clapping for Canadian instead and it just That's the that's the Navi team speak right there in full yeah. force. They're yeah. all sitting together in their one little channel having a right good laugh at this. Go. That's that that's what they're doing right now. I mean I'm enjoying I'm yeah. enjoying watching it. They're hyper clapping yeah. for Canadian. Yeah. Um, I think this is a good time now to, to move on to how the one question that everybody wanted to ask, and we can actually start to move in because we're trying, I don't know about Troy, but I'd actually kind of like to shorten the podcast just a little bit. Cause we've gotten a number of people saying like three hours is way too long. Um, 
And I think we've honestly covered like pretty good. I don't good... want to. Sorry? I want to do four hours. No. You, you said, I don't know about Troy. I said, I don't want it. I want four hours. You want four hours? Okay, well. Four hours minimum. Four hours minimum. So we're not even, three hours is apparently like, yeah, apparently hours. three hours know. is too short. Um, anyway, I think it's a good time to turn towards one of the most sought after answers and one of the most often asked questions, which is how on earth did you stay relevant during those <laughs> six months of purgatory? Because all you did was stream ranked, which is enough to kill anybody's spirit. So the, the yeah, question that would have been the worst part of it for me, man. Like, yeah. Imagine you're banned and all you can do is play ranked. Yeah. Just don't, don't, don't take me back. That it's, would make me learn. Like really that was like <laughs> that, that was rough, man. Like, especially the hardest part was actually staying on the side, like of the team and trying to help the team mm -hmm. at the same time, because then I was, I was really jealous, like really, really jealous. And the boys can probably tell you still Navi. Like I was a little bit pissed off when people were um like some people in the team were taking things for granted and stuff like that and mm. and it, even just you know like turning up late and, and like not doing basic things. Like I remember I was always like you piece of shit. Like realize what you have here. Realize what you you could have. You could be me waking up at nine a.m. and streaming ranked for four hours just so I can still have a chance of coming back and then coming on to help the team that I was part of for and watch them succeed when I'm not, you know, like that, that is fucking brutal. That is really brutal for someone to like, to, to yeah. like do. And that's what annoyed me. Like people who were taking that for granted because yeah. nobody would, nobody wants to be in that situation. Nobody wants to play ranked, you know, like it's, it's just not a nice place to be in. And, and that is why. I don't think I've played. I don't think I've played ranked this season. By the way, no. I don't think I. Uh, I honestly don't think I've played ranked this season. I, 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 I have. I don't think I finished my placements. I'd have to check my R six tab stats. I think I've just played casual with some friends. I did. Yeah. I got placed plat three. I got to like the brink, and then I lost to like a bunch of cheaters. And now I'm too low ranked to queue with any of my teammates. I'll queue so with now. you. You can stay in gold with me. I'm. I'm all right. Thank you. Uh, you sure. Actually, what them. Um, it's great. Down what Kendrick said. What Kendra said in the chat is actually pretty good. He says, he didn't even want to do that. I had to tell him a hundred times to try and stay in the scene. Like, I didn't mm. really help myself, which is actually true. Like, at the time, I was, as I said, I was really, like, down. You know, I, I didn't really want to have anything yeah. to do with speech because, because I mean, all it reminded me of was, like, failure and stuff, right? Because that's what, what it just mean, happened. Yeah, it's easy to get like that. Like, you're, you're down. You're sad. Yeah. And, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to... I don't know. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to be playing it and like being reminded of it. it. It would be hard. It would be hard to stay motivated. I feel that. Yeah. That good on good on him though. That's so yeah, I, I I do appreciate that's a good team, especially mate. especially Kendrick. He was had my back. He wanted to see me back. I guess. Um, I, I I'm sure now he has a different opinion because I'm pissing him off on the team every day. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, thanks, thank you, Kendrick, for for doing that. I do appreciate it. Thanks. Can we get a clap for Kendrew just as you did for right on, just Wait, as you did yes. for Kendrew claps in the chat, please. Yeah. And the the claps, the hyper claps for Kendrew. Um, um we're uh we're almost at two hours, and there's actually a lot of good questions this time. And I feel like one thing um for my eyebrows. Very great. Um thank you for that, Doki. Uh the hyper claps for Kendrew are obviously important. Um yes. 
there's a lot of good questions here. And one thing that we always tend to skimp on are the questions that the community brings in. Cause usually we kind of just shelve them to like the final 20 minutes. And then we're like, Hey, here's a couple quick questions. Answer them. Okay. Bye. Um, so I, I, like I said, I think we've covered good ground. Um, let's, uh, the last question that I think we can really talk about, and obviously you don't need to dive into super specifics is what's going on with Navi this season. What do you think mm -hmm. is going on with it? Your most of your team is in the chat right now. So obviously no pressure on that one. Um, but just what do you think is going on? How much of it do you think is a, is a byproduct of the, of the, the system that you're in? Uh, and then, and then once that's done, let's dive into these questions that people have for you. Okay. So Navi are currently sitting fifth in EU league, missing mm -hmm. out on the mini major by a tie break position. Like we have the same points as the fourth. Um, so on paper, you know, we didn't do that bad. We didn't really have that a bad season. Fifth, you know, it's not the end of the world in a ten in a ten team, um, in, in a ten team region. However, like the thing that especially annoyed me, and I know it annoyed all of my teammates, is like we know we could have done so much better, like unbelievably better. Like we could have been, you know, number one, number two. We don't want to settle for top four. We wanted to be higher than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and like that's that's the thing that is the most annoying about the system is the whole draws and things like that. Like, granted, when you get a draw, you could have lost that game if it went to overtime as well, but you also could have won it, which could have changed the standings, like, dramatically for a lot of teams. Um, and I first of all think that's one thing that needs to be changed in Europe, is an overtime system needs to be implemented if best of threes aren't possible. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and what's going on in Navi? Um, I'm not sure, like... Um, you know, it's very obvious. Uh, Panix has had a very rough season. Um, I'm not. I don't think he he's trying to hide from that. I deny that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure why. Um, I guess he's just not feeling confident um, or, or, or whatever in himself right now, and that's obviously impacted the team. I've not had the best of seasons. Um, I, this is something I think Troy said earlier uh, was my role is kind of the entry role right now, playing that Ash a lot on attack. And I think the thing that I struggled with is trying to be that main fragger on the Ash and also realizing that Ash is one of the like most needed operators on attack it's, during this it's minute. It's different now, yes. Like, if you die without using both of your Ash charges and all of your flashbangs, what are you meant to do? Like, how are you meant to clear the 10 Wamais or the, yes. the ADSs, you know what I mean? Like, it's impossible. Um, so I think the thing this season um, in Europe that I've noticed, statistically speaking, I don't know about NA, I haven't checked, but a lot of the Ash players and a lot of, like, the main fragger players are actually near the bottom of the stat boards. Like, a lot of them, you know, you have Joysticks down there, I'm down there, um, and near the top you have players like Bride, Kendrew, Shepard, who are all playing these hard support roles, yeah, we don't have that. It, it, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Maybe that's. No, I'm I'm the highest rated support player, and I'm still negative. Yeah. So, well. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, I tried. I tried. I think I am. <laughs> but but I I see what you're saying though with the Ash thing though, because I don't think, I I do think I've seen like a decline in like the Ash players because they have to be safer. Like you mm -hmm. have to, you can't take as many risks because yeah, like if you die, like every piece of utility needs to be used right now. And if you don't use it, then or like if you lose it before you use it, I yeah. guess that round. <laughs> um, and it's the same as Jaeger on defense. You can't just really sit in a corner anymore with your ADSs. You you're better off tricking them sometimes. You yeah. know? You're better off playing in those hard positions. 
like um like you know consulate on yellow stairs for example or cafe in the corner by a piano you know like it's it's, it's a lot of places that that need oh god <laughs> i just read the chat <laughs> the uk peanut gallery is out of control bro yeah they yeah. are on something yeah. not gonna lie they could have been a... they're having a fucking hoot in their team speak bro yeah, it could have been it. a lot harsher. It could have been a lot harsher. I'll tell you that. The best yeah. part, the best part well, is, no, is that I... when we and Pengu just hosted us, so brace for impact on this one. Uh, yeah. Can we get a hyper clap for Pengu then? There you go. Wait, Give it to him for the host. Fun, but... Thanks for the host, Pengu. Appreciate it. For the audio crowd, they're gonna be like, "The fuck." <laughs> Not for um... my eyebrows, for Pengu. There you go, for Pengu. That's the one. He deserves it. Thank you, Pongo. Oh wait, did yeah. I? Oh Pe wow! Peanut gallery, not penis gallery. Chat. I'm not gonna what? lie. <laughs> not gonna lie. I didn't realize that the the copy pasta that I have has foreign tarot's eyebrows. In the you just didn't know that. You didn't. I, know I didn't that realize you just that. Had that as your I, copy pasta. I thought I thought the hyper. It was just hyperclap. So okay. uh, yeah, sure. I've been spamming hyperclap from tarot's eyebrows. But hey. Sure. Yep. Sorry about that. Well, that's fine. Oops. It's for my eyebrows, which apparently have have shrunk. I mean, at least Pengu's viewers get to experience your eyebrow problem now as well. But I, I have noticed that in EU, though, with this, the support players. I, why do you think? I don't know. I can't. I couldn't think of why. I don't know. Like, I, I guess the support players are getting the frags that I can't. Uh, does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, no. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just think like. I'm not taking credit away from anybody, but Kendra, especially on our team, he's been putting in a lot of effort, like a lot of extra effort. He's always fragged as a support, though, all the way back to Challenger. Like, he's been like that for ages. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he, he's, it's just a role that's very suiting to this meta, I guess. And he, you know, he's shining in it right now. Yeah. And rightfully so, he deserves to get the credit because, you know, sometimes in the past, Kendra would play statistically really bad and he would actually be really down on himself. Being like, oh, I'm, I'm two and seven, I'm one and eight or whatever. But I actually like he's putting a lot of impact in the game. Like he's planted the bomb three times. He's opened every wall on attack. You know, like he's not dying first, etc. So mm -hmm. it's, I'm happy that a lot of support players are getting the the um the spotlight they deserve for the season, especially in Europe. Um, as to why, like, I I, I don't know. I guess it's just the meta is is slower. So it's it's punishing fast paced fast paced players and rewarding slower players, I guess. So I mean, I don't I don't know. Like really, I don't know. I don't think you can run in the building with Ash anymore and try and get some kills. It's it's a waste. No, there's just a shield looking at you. Yeah. United tries, and how does that work out? Mm. No, well, there's not usually Ash shield looking at you. It's more like four. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's it's tough, man. What do you think, Parker, as a quiet observer of the whole meta evolving? What do you think yeah. is the, the reason for that? I mean, we've we've gone from we've gone from everybody frags, you know, four years ago, to hey, let's make certain operators that are obviously very good at fragging, to hey, let's make lots of operators that are good at fragging but now have really good kits as well. And then the more of those that we've made, it's gotten to the point where the original fraggers are now just too one dimensional. You know, like, look at Glass and Blackbeard are supposed to be, like, they're operators designed from the ground up to kill shit, and they're not used because killing shit is possible with everybody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, Kix and I talk about it a lot. We, we refer to it as a checklist. 
there's so much that teams need to do before they can even become remotely close to pulling off and execute. I mean, unless you're one of those teams that just sprints into the site and tries to go for a plant really quickly, which I mean, I think you tried to do on the coastline match against DZ Troy and it obviously got stopped. Um, but was, it's just like no, there's that there... was just me trolling man i was i thought <laughs> i thought i was baiting some shit out let's just say i was not yeah you got destroyed i think well, that was almost yeah. a false round too but um no it's it's you know there there was back in the day when i first started casting uh the first time i casted was velvet shell um and i mean jackal was designed to kill roamers because this game if you go back and watch way back at the beginning everybody just kind of sat turtled on the bomb site and then slowly but surely teams started realizing hey we can roam and you can use gadgets in a certain way and you have good guns in a certain way and you can kill drones and then next thing you know like entry fragging becomes a thing because you need to catch those roamers and so they respond by adding operators that are good at killing shit uh, well, of course, still operating or adding other utility operators and all that jazz. And it's I think the big culprit is just it's the amount of bulletproof gadgets. I don't think you would need an ash if you had more gadgets that could just be shot away at. You need to yeah. bring explosives. That's it. And if you keep adding gadgets that can be shot. And one of the things I said about Malusi's gadget was make it so that maybe she can throw it, but it can be shot with a gun instead of making it bulletproof. The one thing that that I've always that I've kind of said is that right now, if you're not bringing explosives, you don't have any way to deal with the defense and the defense is going to be the, is always going to set the meta. The defense have always set the meta to a certain extent. The only time I would say we didn't see that was when lion was in play. And yeah. then the defense had to structure their way around a horrendously broken gadget and how they played around it. But other than that, I, I don't know if Troy would agree and I don't know if you'd agree, but I, I feel like defense have set the meta for almost every other yeah. season after that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's usually you're reacting to the defense. Yeah, which which makes like sense, right? Because like the defense don't really need to do anything. It's the attackers who need to accomplish the goal of of defusing the bombs. So mm -hmm. it, it's incumbent on the defense to structure up their you know to set a structure and and complete a system, and then the attackers need to deal with that. So it makes a lot of sense, and the defense will probably always end up setting the meta in this game. The problem is is that a the shields did not need to be reworked. This has caused, this was the, the, the first domino, in my opinion, was reworking the deployable shields. They were fine the way they were. They really were. Yeah, maybe make it so they can snap to certain objects and into doorways so you don't play around those little pixel angles. Sure. But adding the slats to them, so unnecessary. And it, it mm. totally changed the way that the game is played because now they go from being, they're good in certain sites, they're, they're usable, they're not required to you need to bring a set amount of shields now because you can play behind them. You can play off them. They're their utility denial. They're good for information. You know, they give you a big advantage on defense and then they keep adding more and more bulletproof gadgets. And you can't ban shields. You can ban Mira. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you, ban shields. Exactly. And, and it's like now it seems like the go to is, hey, we need a new gadget on defense. OK, let's make it bulletproof. All right. And it's just like, stop doing that. Yeah. Fewer bulletproof well, gadgets. If you if you made it so that a, an evil eye, maybe on the sides, like a bulletproof camera or underneath, you could shoot it and pop it open and then shoot it again or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Or you made it so that you could melee it three times and it would break. If you made it so that Malusi could throw her gadget, but you could then shoot it, you would see things 
totally change in regards to how teams are going to be attacking and the amount of explosives that are required would drop dramatically especially if you made a change to deployable shields so i don't know i i think that it's fine and i like the complexity that the game has right now i just don't like that explosives are necessary and mm -hmm. you know yeah. get flank talked about it last night jaeger got banned and we saw one of the one of the most exciting maps we've seen in a long time why jaeger was banned and I, I don't well, think that of, point should be lost on people. Part of the problem too isn't even necessarily that explosives are necessary; it's that flashbangs are also necessary. Yeah, mm -hmm. because yeah, like you can't clear the ADSs and Wamas without the flashbangs. Because like clearing, like clearing them with a Zo stun, like that doesn't even work anymore. Like half the fucking time, it's gonna stun someone before it goes through, and then like your whole round is fucked up. Like, yeah, you need the combination of both. And Ash is the only operator in the game that brings both. So if like if you think about it, when you're gonna need to like, because we're only gonna have to bring more with Malusi. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, oh you're only gonna have to bring more explosives. Thing. Like fitting in the explosives, it do it doesn't work because like currently, like Ash is always run right now if she's up. If she's banned, she's a super strong band now too. Yeah. Like she's a crazy strong band now, just because like now you don't have someone that has both flashbangs and explosives she's already in the lineup if you want to make room for someone with more explosives on your lineup you literally have to like drop flashbangs at this point or smokes if you're bringing them but like i mean it depends it depends on if you're bringing like regular smokes and if you're bringing cap smokes and he already has flashbangs and that's part of why cap is so good because he brings smokes and flashbangs. yeah yeah and if you but, ban one my capital goes back to being bonkers strong yes which some teams have done. We saw Well My Ban yesterday, for example. You no, know Well My Ban is fun. When people ban Well My or if we ban Well My, like it is refreshing siege. Yeah. Well my have done a lot this whole yes. year of season. Yeah. And it's a the, the thing um sorry, go on. No, continue. I was just gonna say it's it's their perma ban, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Please. the thing the thing I wanted to say is like with the introduction of Malusi, this is gonna get ten times worse. Yeah. Because, like, if teams think Malusi is too strong, which she is right She's now... She's three. Three yeah. bulletproof gadgets. Yeah. So, 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 first of all, let's just address that problem first. Okay, let's say, okay, I don't want to play against Malusi. You ban Malusi. So, so then, the defensive lineup consists of Wamai, Jaeger, Mira, Maestro, and Echo. Like and Valkyrie. And that's, that's another problem, is that if you want to deal with Echo or Valkyrie, you have to bring IQ, and IQ doesn't fucking throw exactly. anything. She's got exactly. a fucking pistol, and that's it. Yeah. Jeez, and, what are you talking and, about? You could throw the Claymore. Bro. You imagine she throws you the, gotta, you she throws the breaches like bro. Frisbees? You gotta give her something. Give her some flashbangs. What if yeah. you gave... Hold like on a second Claymores, here. breaches, it's What if they gave IQ nades? I or, feel like that would yes. really compliment her kit. Well, she used to yeah no exactly yeah, that's the I, fucking I, joke jokey yes. yeah i, I get it I, I sense the sarcasm yeah but uh but then again but she... i think flashbangs would be better yeah I, I think she's better. too strong because the g8 right now right so you don't want to she's too strong in fragging power and if you give her grenades i think then she becomes a, like mm. a g8 angled grip with frag grenades she's going to be picked every round i mean i don't like the g8 I think that gun's shit. Like, I see this everywhere. On oh, NA. you're insane. Like, oh, the, the G8 it's is really so good. The G8 is so good. Like, G8's broken, bro. They need the Commands pools like, the, like the, I talked about where you can, anybody can bring frags, but... The 552 in IQ is way better. Like, the, it, I'm sorry, you can't... There's just no argument there. It's a way better gun. 
A lot of people are saying take her G8 away, blah, blah, blah. They're never going to take guns off of operators, so people need to stop saying that. Like, yeah, they took a pistol off of off of Castle, but it was the pistol that nobody used, and they replaced it with something. I uh, want that pistol back, bro. I really liked it. Nobody is going to... Yeah, well, you're like the only <laughs> human. Anyway, there's they're never going to take a gun off of an operator, uh, and I, I'd imagine that the, the reason for that is, is mostly legal issues. People are going to pay money to buy skins for operators, and then they lose them. Like, I'd be pissed, but... Like, what if... I would take the angled if, grip off of her G8. That's fine. Do that. Leave the angled grip on Amaru. Make it so that it's unique yeah. in that regard. Like, make that part of her identity. You know, why does Amaru get it? Because she's going to, you know, repel in and... Oh, her gun's up. There you go. There she gets the angle grip. Take the angle grip off of IQ's G8, and then things are more balanced. But, um... What was I going to say? Um... What do we think about a, a possible temporary solution? Because right now... It, there has been a frustrating amount of silence from Ubisoft in regards to balancing, and I would suspect that it's because everybody's working from home. Um, yeah. And I think there needs to be a little bit of patience from people. What do we think about them moving up to three operator bands per side? We need more bands, man. Yeah, we need it's more bands. It's gotta be it, bro. So and I was, it's, I, it'll be so refreshing, because, like, with three bands, like, some games you're gonna have, like, Malusi, Wamai, and Echo Band, and, like, that'll be a fun game to watch. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. Like, that'll be a fun game to watch. If you give a team, okay, as a temporary solution, you, you give a team, let's say, one attack ban, one defense ban, and then one other ban on attack or defense, Yeah, that might be something that they could play about with. So you might have you might have more attackers banned one map like than that. defenders. You know, that's not a problem if more attackers are banned than defenders. I say get rid of limits it. altogether. If they want to ban, yeah. f just ban six operators, who gives a shit? If it's five and, defenders, who cares? You know, yeah, like that seems kind of fucking whack. And, <laughs> yeah, but and how fun would that be? But it could be interesting, but if, it if might be a bit too ridiculous. Well, with the protect option is what I what I'd originally posted way back uh -huh. was that you can you ban one and then they ban one. It can be anybody, and then after those first two operators are banned, you can protect one attacker or one defender on either side. Like, so you can, like, let's say, you know, first two bands are Wamai and Echo. You're like, oh, shit, I don't want another defender to be banned. We need a Maestro. Let's protect him or Valkyrie or something like that. And then another team protects Thatcher. And then the next four bands can be whatever as well. I know it gets confusing and you have to prepare for it. And it can be cumbersome from a UI perspective because now you've got every operator on the screen that you need to ban. But it's just, I don't know. I I like the idea of being able to ban whatever you want because you you probably will have matches where there could be five defenders banned, and I think yeah, that would be, be I think that would be really nice to watch yeah. as how teams play off of that, and especially on certain maps. Imagine Villa with five defenders banned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or imagine like, or imagine Villa, where you know the, all four hard breachers are banned. Never going to happen, but it could. And that would be a shitty map to watch, but it would be fascinating. Like, the thing yeah. that I suggested with, like, banning the two attackers, two defenders, uh, sorry, one attacker, one defender, and then having this open ban between attack and defense, that can also force, uh, you can actually calculate the ban phase then, and you can really think about what you want to do. Like, imagine if, um, like, let's say a team forces an Ash ban, like, um, or, or, or they ban Ash, and then you realize... Oh, oh shit! Like Jaeger and Wamai are both going to be up here, and without Ash, that's going to be a that's going to be actually difficult to deal with, like, like especially on a map like Cafe. So then you might mm -hmm. be a bit forced into banning Jaeger or Wamai. You know, like th there's some stuff you can do with that, and I think that is a good temporary solution to add more bands. The the other one that I was thinking of, um, actually something you said earlier, is if you make these bulletproof devices 
not actually bulletproof, but like more so bullet resistant. Yeah. And that, and maybe they took two mags to destroy a Malusi device, or one mag, or like forty bullets or whatever. Then you lowered the ammo count down on some of these operators. That would actually make sure you're reserving a little bit. Like I'm gonna shoot the Malusi out. It's gonna take thirty seconds, but I'm gonna shoot it out and waste half my ammo capacity. So I'm yeah. not gonna have enough ammo left to take the gunfights. I think mm-hmm. that actually would be interesting. Well, and that's I would something that you should motherfuckers, bro. Yeah, but but that'd be actually pretty good. That would be pretty good. I damn I, mag dumpers. This was something that <laughs> Fresh had talked about, and we actually discussed this topic before we went live. Was uh, the amount of ammo that's in the game? I mean, you think back. When did they buff it? It was around Operation Health, wasn't it? When they buffed the ammo count. I remember the early days. I think it was around Operation Health. I remember the early days where Glass and Blackbeard's DMR had like 24 bullets, and that was it. Mm-hmm. That's all you had. The SMG yeah, 11 like, had like 80 bullets. So like guns like that, it was different though. But like at the end of the day, like on like Jaeger or Ash and stuff like like those are the ones where it's really a problem. I mean, it's still a problem in general. Yeah. But like those guns like have always had a fuck ton of ammo. And I just it shouldn't be a thing. There's too much. There's too much ammo, man. Yeah, like, I, I think they pre- need to they reduce pre-fire ammo. everything, bro. If you like, I I literally joke about it. Like, if you watch Hyper in a clutch, bro, especially when he's on defense. When he's on defense and he's retaking, bro, he literally pre-fires every fucking angle in the game. Every angle in the game. The guy does not stop pre-firing. And I mean, like, it's good. Like, there's no denying Hyper's like good in a clutch, and that's part of it. Like, because like pre-firing is so strong. And it's just like it, yeah. Just I don't know. You just fucking yeah. let it rip. Yeah. Well, and there's just, like there's there, no there punishment. No, yeah, there's no punishment at all. When have there's you no ever reason why defense ha- needs that many bullets. Yeah, exactly. There's zero reason why I, they need that many bullets. I ran out of ammo once on accident in a pro league game. It was against LG, and I think we were playing. We we're defending cash, and I was in cash as Jaeger, and I think there was a buck below me in stock, and I literally like I was spamming the floor the whole round, <laughs> and then like. The final executes coming in, and I go, "Oh shit! I only have like twenty bullets. I couldn't reload anymore." I was like, "All right, fuck. <laughs> Hope I hold them off." Like, <laughs> it was it was a yeah. struggle, but yeah, that doesn't usually ever happen. I mean, that's one of the big complaints about Maestro is that when there's ten seconds left, he can just hold down mouse one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody says like reduce the ammunition that it has. One of the biggest balancing notes for the Alda is to make it like forty or fifty bullets, which I fully support i still think that gun is way too strong you know do i agree that they took the acog away yeah i don't think it needs an acog i still think it was really strong with the acog i think you've changed it to more of a long range gun but it's got minimal recoil and people just run four by three now and they're basically back at square one more of a short range gun yeah i mean it should be more short range i think it's still just as long range i mean we see we still see very long range kills with it no we do but it's I wouldn't say it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the same, but it's that, still that it's not as short range as I think they'd that. hoped it to be. And I don't yes. think I don't think it fixed the issue. And I like I disagree with a lot of people where I think taking ACOGs off of certain guns is fine. Maybe not from a balancing perspective outright, but at least from like a theoretical standpoint, because I think that having an ACOG on certain guns is a subtle way of instructing players how to use that gun. Mm-hmm. I don't think Maestro should be, personally, I don't think Maestro should be played in a way where he can take such long-range engagements with the Alda. I don't. I think that's that's a bad way to use the operator, and taking the ACOG off makes him less flexible, sure, but it makes him more of an anchor. The problem is, is that now all you've done is you've made him a greater menace in the final 10 seconds of a match, or a round. 
And I think that they need to fix it by taking away a whole whack of his ammo. Like, give him, make it so that he has 50 bullets in his gun. There you go. Like, give him iron yeah. sights only. Yeah. That'll, that'll slow death. Okay. You're a maniac. Nobody's playing iron sights, maestro. That thing is. <laughs> That'd be interesting, bro. Like, if you really wanted to take away the long range gunfights, take away all the sights. 85% of the guns in the game are utterly unusable with iron sights. Well aware. Uh, <laughs> well aware. Well aware. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's not a solution. Nope. <laughs> no, not really, not really. Not they shouldn't do that. But he definitely has way more ammo than he should. I mean, in his clip. But in general, like the reserve ammo on other guns is the problem. Like, yep. I don't know. It's like bad. the Meister one, sure. Yeah, he could like fifty bullets in a mag. Like what? Like he's not really missing those other thirty. Yeah. But like, I don't know the uh, the the reserve ammo is a problem. Just there's too many there's too many ashes, bro. That you watch and they literally pre-fire everything. And the yep. thing is, is that they they have no fear either. Like it's not like like you know where he is on the map, but it's not like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I know the ash is there and he's pre-firing every corner. Let me peek him. Like what? That's the dumbest shit you could ever do. Like it literally does. It's literally like a fucking like a war cry, bro. It's like ashes here. You better not fucking peek, motherfucker. Like <laughs> and like no one's gonna peek you. <laughs> nice <laughs> so we are in agreement with a couple things number one the reason why the fraggers are not doing so well is because fragging operators don't really exist anymore everybody is a utility operator in this meta number two there needs to be more bands absolutely and immediately number three fewer bulletproof gadgets uh and uh and number four less bullets for every gun we are i'm in agreement with that hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah agreed so with that said, I think it's time for us to turn to the final segment of the show, which is questions for Doki. So we will, we field questions. It opens up on Saturday, the day before the show goes live in the discord. We'll spam the discord link for you just so you can uh, join in. Now I will say at this moment, you can submit questions to Doki. It's unlikely they'll be asked because I've already picked a couple out. Uh, but if you're not in here, here's the link. There's the link for everybody spammed for you to click and join stay in it if you want to know when the show goes live and all that jazz there's the discord link uh, i'll also make sure that there's one posted uh in the in the youtube video uh for those of you that are on spotify or or apple podcast you're kind of you kind of have to come to the youtube video unfortunately to see it so um this was one that was actually asked by a number of people so i'm just going to get it out of the way uh and and okay. I, I saw it a couple times uh do the short jokes actually bother you no no not at all okay. i don't care I mean, well, no, of course not. I'm small. Whoopty woo. Yeah. I don't fuck. I don't fucking care. Nothing I can do about yeah. it. <laughs> the, the, the sense of humor you have too, like I'd imagine you wouldn't like you. No, I don't care. Like you're you like banter. Like I mean, that's <laughs> that's part of it. Like another YouTube guy that he DM'd me like like a couple months ago, and he was like, "Hey, by the way, f." I'm not trying to bully you with these short jokes. So if you ever find them offensive, please tell me. I'm like, no, man, don't worry about it. It's okay. Yeah. Like, go, go wild, go wild. So, uh, yeah, no, they don't. Not at all. Good. Same thing happened to me the other day with the, um, the NA esports account was like in tarot, but it's cake. And I just responded being like, that would explain the diabetes. <laughs> 
because they're going off the everything is cake meme. And then somebody DM me being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Is it offensive? Like, we didn't mean to make pot fun of your like disability. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, this is hilarious. I was like, don't get rid of it. I was like, I'm not going to get upset by it. <laughs> you guys don't know when Parker, when Parker first found out he got diagnosed with diabetes, when he DM me, like he said it. And then he's like, you won the brunch war. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, I was literally, like, in this, like, I didn't even have time to be like, damn, that sucks. Like, it was literally just instantly into that. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. I won. (laughs) The UK community have invaded your Discord as well. What a shame. What a shame. Um, Yeah, I was... (laughs) also the other thing about the uk community is how come whenever whenever there's somebody who's like overtly toxic in my mentions it's always some like the profile on twitter is always the same it's like 15 slash uk slash diamond emoji times 18 (laughs) slash go for champ times 21 slash and it's just like why are they and it's like xbox and it's like why is it always some like why is it always some like 15 year old like go for champ diamond Xbox or PlayStation child that is attacking me? It's it's always like some UK console kid that is just like 15 years old that is just off the shits. And yeah. I can I can bet money on it because it happens every time. Every time it's always some UK teenager on console just like yeah. just do it. And I'm like, I don't know. What do they have in the world? What do they have over there? What are they what are they feeding you? That this happens. They love the golf course. They love the golf course. I don't get it, dude. I don't. I don't understand it. It's so (laughs) weird. Anyway, but yeah, I remember tweeting you, or I remember messaging that, being like, "I just wanted to let you know, like, I, I was like, I got diabetes. You've won the brunch war." It was at that moment (laughs) where I was like, "The brunch, like, the brunch watch is over. Like, (laughs) the watch has ended. Troy has won." Yes. So, but, um, do you have a? Do you happen to have a question, by the way? I just wanted to. Yeah, I there was to one this. I wanted to ask. And I get, by the way, I get that the UK has has done this, but it's like, if you're going to spam the channel, you're going to get you're gonna get kicked Ooh. from the Discord. Like, I get it, but it's like, we need to keep this clean so that we can go back and refer to questions. Don't ruin it. Anyway. Yeah, you little shits. <laughs> All right, your question. I was going to ask. Um... So Redshift asked us, he said, for underage players, what is the best way to gain competitive experience, including CCS? I want to ask this because I'm more familiar with it in NA, but I'm actually, I have no idea about the underage scene in EU. So I'm kind of curious. And I mean, you used to be a part of it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think there is much, if anything no. at all, for underage players in EU. I know that there is some, like, weekend leagues or, like, smaller tournaments that don't necessarily have a prize pool or leading anywhere that host like underage tournament but the the skill gap in those leagues is going to be so huge because you're going to have one under underage team that's just dominating them and then the rest mm-hmm. of them are going to be like goals you know it's not, it's not a it's not a tournament there's no bragging rights there so yeah i don't think there is anything um for underage players i think that there should be perhaps a league that can help underage players develop the scene maybe show off that their talent a little bit um, mm. which can then m- maybe help bigger teams pick up pick them up when they become of age but the whole changing the age limit argument to below 18 for like pro league and stuff i i don't agree with whatsoever because i think you know this is a job 
that we have. It's not just us playing playing pro league for a hobby. Um, mm-hmm. I think lowering that down, that you're going to have a lot more un- unexperienced and immature players, which is not what this scene needs right now. It's yeah. exactly not what the scene. And I do feel sorry for those underage players who are mature and who are, you know, trying to prove themselves. But it's, you know, I, we've all been there. I've been there. I waited. I waited three years. Why shouldn't you? You know, it's it, it's one of those things like legal arguments or not, you you still shouldn't be allowed to play in a league that is for older people. You know, it's it's it's, it's how it is. Some kid is still doing his exams at school. I don't think should be focusing on trying to win Invitational. You, you know, it's, I don't know. Am, am I wrong? Do you think I'm wrong? or? No, I think that makes sense. I, I haven't really, I haven't really talked about that too much because, I don't know. I mean, like, I've seen people discuss it. I haven't really jumped in or anything. I've always felt kind of indifferent. But, like, you saying that, like, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. I, people should, yeah, be focused on just their school at the time or whatever. And then, like, I do think it's important that there is, like, somewhat of an underage scene so that, because I think one of the biggest problems for, like, a lot of the upcoming, like, underage or young talents is that they don't have experience playing in a team, like mm-hmm. an actual team. So, like, getting that underage scene developed a bit just so they can get some more experience playing within the team. I will say if it's a full team of underagers, like, there's there's a solid chance that, like, yeah, like, the team's not going to have, like, the exact structure, but like at least it helps along the way, you know. Um, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing, but yeah, uh, I, d- I don't think, I don't think the age gap or the age restriction needs to be lowered or anything like that. Um, I do think there's some exceptions. Like I've met plenty of like really young players that are like they're like 17, but like they are actually pretty yeah. mature. Like for sure, and for they sure. they would do fine on a team, but then there's also ones there's ones that have fucking turned 18 now that are still some like the most immature people I've ever met and they shouldn't yeah. be on a competitive team until they grow up. Dude, there's like yeah. 20 year olds that are in the competitive scene right now that still act like <clears throat> 14 years old. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a dig at me right there. Mm. No, no, no. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to drop the, uh, after I just thought you were going to say like the, uh, they act like they're 14 and look like they're 14. <laughs> And then I thought you were going to look at me in the eyes and I was going to be like, shame on you. I mean, I'd have to stoop pretty low to look you in the eyes, to be fair. <laughs> there it is. So. <laughs> there it is. Um, <laughs> I think that the age thing is fine. It's a question that comes up a lot. It's actually one of the most asked questions that I get when I'm streaming and, and is one of the you know most often DM'd questions to me is I'm 14, I'm 15, I want to go pro do you think I should? And it's it's a tough one because my position has always been consistent. The likelihood that you're going to go pro unless you are already a, a superstar is really low. Um, I, I'm not going to discourage people from chasing their dreams because, I mean, I did. I literally gave up on school and moved to another continent to do this. Even though casting wasn't necessarily my dream, it was at least an opportunity that I took at the time. And it has now definitely become my uh, my dream, I guess, or reality whatever you want to call it um but it's a tough spot to be in and and i do think that focusing on schooling is is really crucial uh we talked about this on a a podcast previously where it's like i genuinely fear for 60 to 80 percent of the people that are currently in competitive rainbow six because if this league disappeared tomorrow they would be in so much trouble in regards to what they do next 
You know, I, I know a lot of them that it's like, when you turn 18 in North America, at least you're usually in your last year of high school right before then. And if you're turning 18 and going pro right away, you've likely been playing competitively since you were 16, which oftentimes is grade 10, grade 11. Uh, are you shortchanging your studies? Maybe you just limp your way through high school and then you graduate, you get your degree and you're like, hooray. And then you go pro, but that your grades were nowhere near good enough to get you into college or university. You don't want to go into the trades, et cetera. You have nothing to fall back on. And there's a lot of players that are like this. There are a lot of players who, do, some of them didn't even graduate high school. Maybe they play competitive for two, three years. They make a couple tens of thousands of G's, cool. But they've still got 50 to 60, 70 more years of their life to live. And they have nothing to fall back on. And my, my recommendation is always make sure that you diversify what you do so that if you're not in esports, you still have a passion or something to fall back on. You don't need to go to university, you don't need to go to college, but at least ensure that if you're not in professional esports, you know what the fuck you want to do. Maybe you want to go into business, maybe you want to become a bartender, maybe you want to become a welder, who knows? At least have something in mind as a fallback. So I, I don't think that lowering the age restriction would be too much of an issue. I don't think it would cause people to disrupt their lives. I think it would it definitely increase the talent pool. But I'm very wary of of young kids getting taken advantage of by organizations, yeah. by companies. It happens in traditional sports. It would obviously happen in esports. We already have enough shitty orgs and shitty contracts for legal adults in esports that I think it would get even even hairier with with 16 year olds where yeah. parents would be, you know, helping and parents don't know anything about this esport. They don't know anything about the business, et cetera. So if they lowered the age limit, I, it wouldn't bother me. It's not something I care about one way or another. If I was forced to, to make a decision, keep it as is or lower it, my vote would be keep it as is. But the greater conversation that needs to happen is regardless of what the age limit is, the people who are playing in it, what's their priority and what's their focus. And my focus would be on set your life up. If your life allows you to also take kind of a detour and play esports, cool. If it doesn't, you've got more important years ahead of you. Maybe focus on those instead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a good, a good thing to say is if you see an opportunity, then, you know, run at it, take the opportunity, but make sure that you have something when when that opportunity fails not if that opportunity fails because it, it will fail eventually everything will have its lifespan especially a career in esports you know i'm i'm not planning to be doing this for 20 years um yeah but i mean if i if i can do it for 20 years that'll be fucking fantastic I will, that'll be phenomenal however it's it's you know there's a chance that won't happen so obviously i have stuff in place where i want to go there after and stuff so you know um all right let's keep uh let's keep going through these uh <clears throat> these questions here um this one's a good one from sophie alexandra pretty pretty simple question uh what's the hardest part about what was the hardest part about being back in the pro scene after the ban um this is an easy one the amount of pressure that i had on me to um actually perform and not be a fucking bot is is honestly unbelievable like first game back in the pro scene i was playing against g2 not only was it g2 but it was against my former teammate with citizen in that game mm -hmm. and i'm like 
fuck me, man. Like, what am I? Like, that's better a, show that, up. That's a tough game. Imagine if I just get slammed by him. Yes. You know, that'll be bad. Fortunately, I slammed him. But you um. Did. But then he got his. He got his. Uh, he got his payback this season, I guess. On me, at least. Feels bad. But yeah, definitely the pressure. Oh, pressure to perform is far by the toughest thing that I had to overcome. Yeah. Um, and the the way I did overcome that was just believing in myself. To be honest, like I just, I, I I knew I had what it take to to beat whoever. I just believed in myself and didn't let it get to my head and hoped for the best. It seemed to work. So. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a unique kind of pressure, I will say. Like, I never really <laughs> thought of it like that, but like that, yeah. I mean, there, there. I yeah, I never thought of that match like that, but yeah, like coming back, there would have been a lot of pressure on you for sure. And then, yeah, not to mention you're playing G two and and Citizen just joined the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good match too. That was yeah, my question. You, you have one, Troy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found another. Um, I this is one I'm curious in as well. Uh, just what was your role on the team whilst you were benched on the for the six month duration? So um, I mean, like I know you were involved with the team, but I'm I'm kind yeah. of curious as to what you. We're so, actually doing more often. Um, we had Gig in as a coach, uh, and then we, we won Japan with Gig uh, as a coach. After Japan, we decided to part ways uh, with Gig for different reasons, I guess. And in that period, I kind of took his role of supporting and not so much coaching, but just supporting where I could um the team it was a bit up and down i would sometimes do a lot more work than other times um but i was i went to the boot camps with them you know i prepared some strats i helped out with the strats meetings uh you know i i watched the vods i see where sometimes where we went wrong i'm i'm, I'm not gonna lie like i didn't i didn't sit there for hours like our current coaches do and watch the vods mm-hmm. of play by play I, I didn't do that that would bore me to death but <laughs> Um, I, I I was there like kind of supporting and stuff, you know, like um, just this kind of sixth man, sixth opinion to put his put his word in, get um, okay. stuff like that. I mean, not 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 so much anything special. Okay. So yeah. Alright, I was just curious on that, but yeah, that that sounds about right. Because I mean, like, yeah. it wasn't your job to coach, but like, yeah, you were chipping in how you could, yeah. and like. Yeah, the the full the full coaching thing. It's not for everyone, for sure. So yeah, like you, you, you um, I I always said this actually. You to be a good coach, you want to need to coach, and and not play. You know. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there there has been so many players who have been like, oh, I'll coach, but no, you just want to coach until you can play again. You They're know, just on checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. No, so that, that's I, a very good point. Yeah. If you want to coach, that's because you actually want to help that team improve and coach. You know, like no, um, you you have to genuinely believe like yeah. that is your best contribution to the team. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. What you're doing as the coach, like like um, we picked up a another coach called Draz right now. He's kind of more of a day to day type of guy that helps us. Um, and 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 he said to us about a month ago now. He says like, I will be in this team until I have helped you achieve your goals. You know, I'm not going to overstay his welcome is the kind of way he said it. Like, if I am going to end up being useless in this team and not helping you guys because I've taught you everything I know, then he will move on. You know, that's what he said. 
which is kind of that's a pretty mature way to look at things because um that's a job for him as well but if he honestly feels that he will be useless in the position where he won't be helping us anymore then he said like he, he will that's when he will move on so that's it's a cool way to actually look at it yeah this is a question that's been asked by a couple people um and it's one that you know obviously feel free to dive into uh and be as emotional about it as as you want or as little as you want oh, but boy. uh what did it feel like when you saw navi win the championship a lot of people asking how did it feel without you how was it as a spectator was it bittersweet etc oh boy i i really remember this because uh first of all i was gonna go to japan with them but i was gonna pay my own way and um, I, I couldn't expect navi or anything to pay if their ticket to me and go to japan right that doesn't make sense so i was gonna pay my own way to go to japan which was very expensive by the way it was like 2k or something for like for it was really really dear uh, at the time so i was like I, I was gonna go and i was gonna sit there and like cheer them on and stuff like that but then i was kind of like you know what that that might be like one of the worst ideas ever like if that happened like there might not be any help it might just be horrible for me thankfully i didn't go because i remember watching it online and I was messaging the guys on WhatsApp when they won, saying like, oh, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And like, I was really emotional. Like, I was crying and stuff, like, obviously. But it was kind of weird because I couldn't tell if it was like tears of joy or like tears of fuck. Like, <laughs> that could have been me. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> you ever get that? So, uh, so it was really weird emotion because I remember and I went down the stairs to my mum. Oh, boy. Fuck, I can't believe I'm saying this. I went down the stairs to my mum who was like lying on the couch. And I was like, mum, we, we won Japan. And then I was like, fucking what Japan, man? And I started crying and I was like, fuck. So like, yeah. uh, so it, it, it was, it was like a, I'm not going to say horrible emotion, but there's definitely two different takes onto it. You know, like I was happy for them because they are my team. And I was also very sad because that could have been me, you know? Yeah. How, what would you have done, Troy? <laughs> i don't fucking know man I, I feel like i would have been i would have been in the same boat as you i don't know if i like well no i i, I would have watched that's such a weird like situation to imagine myself in right yeah. it's like that's just it's that's so abnormal like being on it like you're on the team but you're like you're waiting on the team mm. you know like that that's weird it's not it's not a normal situation um like because i the only like it would literally have to be for me to get banned to do that right like because i i wouldn't take like a sub spot ever or something like that no um yeah but that's different like a sub isn't no gonna i go, know like, yeah, that's true, a sub that's isn't true. Gonna feel it, i don't know it's such a unique situation i would yeah. i mean i feel like it would be similar to you it's an experience <laughs> don't, don't tell yeah that. i mean like i'd i'd be happy for the guys like well especially like if it's a team that I've been on for a while. Like, like my current team or like my EG team, like if it happened in those situations, like I would have been happy. Like my teammates are really good friends, but yeah. Tears of fuck. Yeah. Tears of that, fuck. Who doesn't know tears of fuck? That's a good yes. one, right? Yeah. Tears <laughs> of fuck. That's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, Moods in chat just said it must've been like when Meg watched Fnatic 2.0 EG. I mean, Similar. obviously different, different, yeah. because one's the championship up against yeah. a, the first round, the quarter is totally different, but yeah. it's still like, it's, it must be hard, right? Like hard yeah. to see 
you know, great to see your teammates succeed, but hard to know that you weren't knowing there. it could have knowing you could have been there. Yeah, like, knowing that you could yeah, have been there, but also that you didn't really contribute the in other the same way. The other thing that starts to play at your mind, I remember actually, especially near the end of my band coming up, that's something that really got to me as well. I was like, um, you know, do the team need me? Yeah. yeah. Maybe they don't. They have, no, that... they have one without me. Why do they need me? You know? That was something so... I thought like the whole time was like, yeah. I mean, like, they win here. Like, what do they really think? Yeah. You know? And like, you, you couldn't even blame them if they did think no. like, we keep this roster like you couldn't even blame them if they think that it'd just be like well yeah like you guys like, won like it was risk getting me back in the team for sure because i could have this again i could have been a complete bot out washed up out of the scene not scrimmed in six months mm-hmm. um you know you know that's kind of rough yeah but like uh, i don't know like i think i've had a good impact turning back in the team i can only speak for myself and what my teammates have told me um, again, like I said, I'm not having the best season right now. I'm at minus six or something. Like it's, it's not awful, but it's not good for me. Like I'm definitely not happy with that whatsoever. Um, so I'm just hoping I can improve again and keep improving and not let the boys down. And hopefully we'll win something with me and the rest of this time. That would be uh, good. Someone, what's his name? Man's man's a rat. I don't think I don't think that's how it's supposed to be said, but. Man's a rat said in oh, chat yeah. as a comparison. It's like watching all your friends get married and you're always the best man. Like, <laughs> like always the like bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Feels bad. Yeah. Well, that must suck as well. I mean, think about how many yeah. weddings you go to, though. That's pretty poggers, right? That's what they say. But, oh, dear. Pretty poggers? Pretty poggers. Please, please never say that again. I said it for the kids. They, they're the ones that speak <laughs> like that, not me. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, another question that was asked by uh, I saw once or twice, and it's been asked a couple times here in the uh, in the chat was, was there ever, a, a, and it touches on what you just talked about, was there ever a time where you seriously thought that you weren't going to be brought back, that they were going to yeah. stay with Pi or it, because there, I mean, there were a number of issues with Pi from people who kept their ear to the ground. They would have picked somebody else up. Was there ever any serious concern? And if so, when was it at its highest? uh like like honestly speaking i didn't think i would ever join back the roster like not a million years i always hoped to and i always aimed to but it didn't make sense for me like like at the time you know like i didn't value myself as highly as maybe my teammates valued me um which is kind of a bad thing actually i should have um but i i i thought like you know i'm a good player but, you know, at the end of the day, they could probably get a more experienced player in who has had six months of play. You know, like we were playing for Navi, it's not as if you couldn't get another player. A huge organization. You could get anybody you wanted, realistically speaking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to get back in the team. And that kind of played pretty heavily on the on the mental side of things. Because then I had to be like, okay, six months come. So, Doki, you're on band. Uh, sorry to say, Doki, you're not getting back on the team. You know what do I what do I do then? That, that, tears of fuck begin to happen. Hmm. Uh, begin to happen again. <laughs> so uh, tears sorry. of fuck can't yeah. escape them. Dude, they just back keep coming it. back. Keep coming back. <laughs> so um, so yeah. Um, but I'm happy I'm back on it. And again, 
that's up to my teammates and management. I gotta thank there. Couldn't do it without you boys. You have a uh, a question, Mister Charo. Sloths. Slo- uh, trying to decide, man. I'm I'm bad with this, bro. I'm so picky. Um, there is one I'll, I'll ask. It's up to you if you want to answer this or not, because not everyone likes to uh, to answer these types of questions. Let me scroll back up, and make sure I get it. Uh, where is it? Oh, I'm not finding it. Okay, basically the question—I I wanted to read it exactly, but I know what it was. Basically, the question is like I—I have previously mentioned on an episodes like about um, how different some teams are in scrims. It's not always the case. Like some teams are the same or whatever. Or some teams are better in matches, but um, he's basically curious. Like, if there was like ever a team in scrims that like you're like out of nowhere, like you started scrimming them and like they were nasty, like and you were ever concerned because like that was like a thing that I mentioned. Like with Tempo Storm is that coming into this season, Tempo Storm was like the best team we scrimmed. We we did think in the back of our minds were like it could just be a scrim thing the whole time. It turns out it was, but like has there ever been like a case like that in Europe where like. This yeah. team might be frying, but then they show a match day and they're not. Um, what position are Temple Storm right now? In any league? they they finished sixth. Out right? of, they, out yeah, of they finished sixth, but I, I it was not an impressive sixth. They lost two out of Mirage, but okay. I mean that they could have just not tried. We don't know. I don't. I think the VOD is out now. I can't remember. It wasn't it wasn't live? Funny. It was recorded. Funny, yeah. Though. Because I would say the two teams that perform the best in scrims are both Chaos and Team Secret, who are currently sitting at the bottom, or nine and tenth place. Or wait, maybe one is tenth. I don't, I don't know. Anyways, they're at the bottom, and I'm not trying to flame those teams at all in any way. Like I'm not trying to say like, oh, you guys, shit, you can't turn up on game day, but they do perform way better in my opinion in scrims, and I think that's a lot to do with uh, the pressure playing on them like big yeah. time. And I think, you know, you know, even we have crumbled under pressure sometimes, especially this season. Like, past games where we played Verts Pro and when we played Rogue, we, that we, there was nothing we could do. We just got slammed, you know? We crumbled. Um, and I really think that affects teams like Chaos and Team Secret because they, I think, have the balls to do very, very ballsy things in scrims. Some things that may come across as stupid, however, in a good sense, like it may be work, you know, like crouching around the map sometimes works. Coaching in without a drone, you know, you're going to get lucky. But I don't think they can do that in a real game, and I don't think they can have the mentality to do that in a real game, and that's why that's why I think they're struggling right now. Like, I hate, I fucking hate Screaming Chaos. <laughs> because they just slam me. Like, they have very good players, individually yeah. skilled, you know? Like, Crying, Vitoline, Shate, like, Renews, they're banging me off the game. Like, constantly in scrims, I'm like, <laughs> oh, whatever. And then it comes to game day, and you know, we drew to Chaos this season, so maybe it's a bad example. However, like, overall, they have played worse against majority of teams than I would say they should have if they were going off the scrim records. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably even notice it as well. You know, there's no denying that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's definitely a thing. I definitely notice it. Yeah. That That's one that... Uh, Chaos, it doesn't surprise me. I don't know as much about Secret, but, like, the way chaos plays the game, like it doesn't surprise me that it's like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's just the way they play. Honestly, chaos is such a weird team. One of the greatest struggles, 
when I casted he was trying to figure out what the fuck is going on with chaos because they like they'd have seasons where they look so good and then they would just destroy good teams and then they would just just they just annihilate themselves like the next day like yeah and it's just like uh, what is going on with this team like you look like, you look so good some matches than other matches you just look like you don't know how to play the game and it's like yeah. what is it's just like, when you try to play like that way like they they're com- they're committed to like playing that kind of style of siege yeah like they take risks that leave openings for like those moments where it's like what the fuck are they doing like yeah that just happens like someone's gonna be way out of position and it's gonna fuck over your whole round just because like that's the risk you take when like you spawn in and you say like this guy can just go lurk by himself and crouch around the map right like mm-hmm. that's a risk you take like that guy just he's not gonna be with the team or like he he solid chance he just dies with all his utility like yeah it's just something you, you have to deal with chaos i know more about than team secret because I, I i know i know secretly pretty well we've been playing a lot recently um and i i think chaos losing secretly was huge like again I, i'm not a hundred percent sure if he was kicked or if he left but the fact that he isn't on that team anymore is like I don't think he was the problem there whatsoever. I think he was one of, if not the core player of that team. And then and him losing losing him, like yeah, he had a bad season, the season that he was lost, but I don't think he was playing a role he was very comfortable in. And losing that kind of core IGL leader of that team is just it's sent and then replacing him with a entry fragger who doesn't lead. In crying is is crazy. It's a crazy change. I don't think that I don't think that is. It's I don't think that was wise. Yeah. yeah. But like the one thing I will say is, chaos are a scary team to play. Like, they are the team I do not want to play. Like I yeah. really do not want to play them. Like I would rather take G two or Rogue any day of the week than play them because they do play the unpredictable factor, that weird play style, yeah. which works for them sometimes, doesn't work for them other times. But yeah. I don't want to take that chance on a game day. You know. What chaos are we going to play today? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. No, they're one of yeah. It's one of those teams. Like everyone, no one wants to play them. I mean, there's probably some teams that like are comfortable with their style. That's it's probably more rare though. But like, yeah, you just you don't you don't want to play against them because yeah, you you can't really account for everything, and they very well like if they're if they're having a good day, there's just a good chance that they might beat you because. They have individual players, and they're making all these plays. And if they're hitting their shots, like exactly, what can you do. Yeah. yeah. I I always imagined that secretly renewals would be on that team until its death. I never thought yeah. that either of them would leave. Um, and and yeah, secretly to me was you know he was he was probably the person I associated chaos with the most. And yeah, yeah. I was kind of surprised to see him go. Like I said, I don't know the exact circumstances. Just as you said, whether whether he left or whether he was benched, I don't know them either. Um. But I was I was surprised. I don't know. Um, that team has been so inconsistent, and I f- I always felt badly casting them. And, and the only time I will cast them in the future is if they make it to a major, uh, which they they haven't done yet. So I don't know if that's going to be something that I ever have to to confront. But I always felt badly casting them because it was so it, it was so challenging to try and pinpoint their strengths because some matches they'd be really good individually, as you said, and then other matches they'd have a couple real miserable performances, but somebody would get hot or other matches. It's just like, they'd look lost, but they'd have a good round here or there. And you'd be like, okay, they seem to be figuring it out. And then they just wouldn't. And it's, I don't know. They were 
Chaos was easily one of the most challenging and, and frustrating teams to cast because it you never you couldn't rely on anything going in. They'd play coastline and they would just annihilate a team. And then they'd go back to coastline the next week or or in the, ne the next play day or whatever, and they'd get slaughtered like seven one. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the fuck happened. And it's like they it wouldn't they, it's not even that their opponents would play well, it's that they would just they would just do weird things or they wouldn't they wouldn't do the same strats or maybe they'd be trying something and be like, this looks like two separate teams. I don't get it. And it's yeah. I always felt like it was being really harsh on them because it's like I like them. Like I like I like Shate a lot. I like Secretly a lot. I don't really know the rest of the guys on the team, to be fair. Um but it's like I obviously like I want them to succeed because for so long they've kind of toiled. They've been good enough to be average. And it's, it, yeah. we've seen. They're always we, there. They're always there. And in Europe, it's like every single team was average for like a couple seasons and then they became elite. And it seems like with the exception of like G2 always being on the top, there's always been one team that's kind of cycled through. And I'm like, now it's chaos's turn. Now it's chaos's yeah. turn. And it's, it never yeah. has been. So like they're sitting, they're sitting 10th right now. Yeah. Whether they will sit 10th next split is a different story. I I don't want to see them get relegated. Well, actually, I do, because I don't like playing against them. But <laughs> I know the guys well on that team. I don't want them to get relegated. Yeah, I know yeah. I know they put the work in. I know that they are good players, and I know that they can be a great team. It's just finding that missing pieces, right? And I don't yeah. know. I, I don't honestly know what a good fix would be there. Is it a roster problem? Is it a leadership problem? I don't know. Well, wasn't secretly their IGL? Yeah, he's at IGL, yeah. So who's IGLing now? Renewals? No, I think it's Red Groove. Red Groove is I'm IGL. I'm pretty sure it's Red Groove. Did he not IGL on that old Room Factory team too? No, that that was probably Shepard. Was it Shepard IGLing? Probably, probably. In English? Shit. No. But wait. Because they were playing in. They were talking no. in English. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe it I wasn't don't know. Shepard. I maybe feel like that. I feel like that was just a shit show because of that. Like. I, I'm, I don't pretty, know. I'm pretty sure they're they're fifth too. Like he didn't. His English was like bad. Like they told me that, like Shepard and Joystick told me. I think what it was, was Ponef. What was their roster? Oh, Ponef. Yeah, his English is bad. And they and they said Shepard. his English was not good. And like, yeah, yeah and like Joystick and and Shepard both told me that. I was yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, that couldn't have been good. No, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but maybe, maybe it was right Griffin. So maybe he does have some experience. It could have been. I I, thought I, I just, I just feel like it would have been. I thought tough. he was. He could have like, been. I just he, know that from experience, Shepard is a very strong post plant or like plant igl i just yeah i don't know why he wouldn't be on that then maybe yeah. he didn't yeah. that until later i don't know i'm not sure i just i i feel like it would be harder for him in english that's all red group's english no is, is 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 more than strong enough to igl no so. i i meant i meant shepherds yeah 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 i'm not sure but yeah i think i don't i don't know chaos as well so like i could be just being bullshit but like just whenever i look at them i feel like it's like the consistency or the inconsistency stems from the play style. And that I think if they want to be more consistent, they have to play a different style. But I also say like, I mean, like standard siege doesn't suit everyone, but I don't know. I, I think, I think no matter what, you're going to have some inconsistencies if you're playing that style. And I mean, maybe they've embraced it because that, that's mm -hmm. something you would, that's something you would have to do. I feel like if you play like that, because otherwise it'd be so fucking stressful, bro. Like, yeah. It would be so stressful, but yeah. And then, and then you have Team Secret on the other hand. I, I don't know, man. Like, really, I don't know what, what the, like, I watch them play, and I, like, I'm gonna be honest. I'm not trying to flame them, but I watch them play, and I, I don't see 
a, a strong team. You know, like I, I don't I don't see that. I see some strong players trying to make some nice plays, but I don't see a team that's that's actually a team. Like uh, I don't know. Again, I'm I'm being brutally harsh here, but I mean, we were brutally harsh on a. You're brutally harsh on United last time, so you're welcome to do that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's I needed. They, I hope they can. Yeah, I hope they need to seriously fix out their, their their problems, and I don't know what that is. I see that Expo seems to be getting a lot of hate for playing bad. Same with Panics on our team; he gets a lot of hate for playing bad. I mean, I'll um, say this about I, Expo: I, I get, and, and I I try my best when casting to try to cover up when players are playing like shit. There's been too many matches where Expo just plays like shit. Like no yeah. offense, like I, I hate to I hate to mince words here, but it's like there are a lot of games where it just looks like almost anybody, any former EU Pro League player would be an upgrade on that spot. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, and it's like it's it's kind of like the callout position in EU, like or in EU United. It's like I I think Callout's a really cool guy. Like I I think he's nice, and sure he might be the greatest IGL ever, but there's just too many times where it's like he's in engagements and he loses fights mm-hmm. that even an average to bottom average pro league player wouldn't lose. And yeah, it, I, it just I would a... I would argue there's worse on United. I think. Ooh. I think. I think I, here's here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. I don't think as of this as of the U.S. division, I don't think Callout is their worst player anymore. Yeah. Coming into this season, this new shakeup, he was their worst player. In terms I, of what think, he, in terms of what he did on the field. Maybe I he's think good from what I noticed, Call It brings more to the team than Forrest. I would say now, yes. For, I would agree like, with you now call as of as of call today. It, like they'll they'll play the round and then like Call It will lose a gunfight. And it's like, okay, like he Forrest, like they'll be in a good position in the round and he'll do some shit to like give away the round. Like Yep. And this is we, I, we actually hate, talked about this last time. I like I joke with my team about it. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't, but like I I think he trolls. Like it's like he picks operators, bro, that make no fucking sense. Like Seth made fun of it and like said, "You're you guys playing operator roulette?" And I've wanted to know the same thing. Seth said, "Does call it tell you to play it, or do you just pick it yourself?" Because like, bro, Forrest picks operators you could not explain to me. Like you just you couldn't give me a reason. Lesion like, is not actually part of like any intel setup or the blackbeard yeah. that everybody talked about. He's picked cat. He picked Cav on coastline against us before, bro. Like yeah. Jackal, you're okay. Bosco is going off with Jackal, but like it wasn't like we were tracking people and hunting him down. Like Bosco was just using the gun and the smokes, basically. Yeah. And he went to Cav and then like one time, one time he pretended to be AFK in a match against us. I'm not kidding, man. I thought he was AFK. I was on the drone and I was looking at him. He was looking at the drone and he sat there and didn't move. Uh, he was behind the aqua bar on uh on coastline i saw him on the drone and i was like is he afk like he's not moving and i told rampy i was like i think he's pretend like this is a match man this is a match so i'm like saying to rampy i'm being cautious i'm like i think he's like pretending to be afk so we'll try to kill him he was not i opened the window behind him i get back on the drone he still didn't move he was still crouched there i was like he's actually afk and then i started shooting him he started to run and he died i couldn't believe it can't believe it yeah but going back onto the topic of the i i will say also though i actually used to think forrest was a good player i don't know what happened he like flipped the switch he changed his name to fofo son and it was just all downhill after that when he was on obey he used like i used to think he was solid like he didn't pick troll ops he didn't do shit and i was like what are you doing 
But then, like, something happened on United, and, like, he decided he wanted to be ridiculous. I mean, to be fair, when he was on Obey, that was the Abunai, Fozo, call-out, Forrest, Grixer lineup, right? And the only player on that lineup that I would say in-game is probably better than him in gunfights is Grixer. So it's, maybe it's easy for him to look good, especially against worse opponents in, in Challenger League. Then you pick up Yeti and Alfama. And, I mean, say what you will about Yeti's leadership style. He's very mechanically talented. Alfama is as well. That whole team's structure changed when they picked up Yeti and, Al and Alfama, right? And maybe it was just like Forrest was in a position where it's like, man, maybe he's indeed, they don't need him the way that he played. I'm not sure. Because that's the thing too is like I thought I thought he was a decent player from playing against him, like in scrims, like not even like he was doing well in Challenger League. I played against him on SSG, and I thought he was decent. Like I didn't think I didn't think poorly of Forrest. Like I didn't think he was a fucking superstar or something, but like. I didn't, I was like, hey, he's fine. Like he, he deserves to be in pro league. Like I had no complaints and then something happened. I don't know what happened, but he like, he like changed as a player. And Seth right. said in the chat, apparently call out was telling him to pick those ops, which in that case, I don't know. There, there's, there was some bad op picks. For me, the one thing with the United and, and I, I, oh my God, we could talk, we do a whole episode about United. Um, oh boy. What have I done? What have I started? For me, it's just like I the team is the team is the is an enigma for sure. Um I, I think Callout has has definitely improved. I don't know if it's just that the team is playing better, but there are just there are so many rounds where it's like all of them will die. And it's callout in like a one v three or a one v four. And it's just you can't win those. You just you don't. And it happens so fucking often that it's just like you can't like his stats are going to be shit when it's like he's droning and everybody's dead because half the players don't get droned and they just sprint into the site and die. And it's like, you just, you like your you're, call outs on drone, trying to drone them in. It's just like, I don't get it, but <laughs> no, no, dude, I'm sorry, but super's like forest said, call it, told him to pick Blackbeard because Slavin kept swinging him. Like, come on, man. That's not that's not the that's solution. Not the that's not that's the not, answer, bro. The solution, you, you keep getting smoked, homie. Get on Blackbeard. <laughs> um, I don't I don't mean to make fun of the guy, but fuck me. Oh yeah yeah. Yo, you're shit. I have no confidence in you. Put a shield in front of your face. Bro, that one's bad, man. Oh boy. Anyways. I don't but know. I, I mean, I, I think there's there's a couple teams like that. Uh, we've seen that with teams in Latin America as well, um, where it's just like you know, Liquid has honestly been like that a lot. Liquid will show up to an event and they will just steamroll everybody, and nobody has a chance. And then they'll play an online best of one against a dumpster tier level team and and struggle. And you're like, what is going on with this roster? Team One was like that a lot as well, where team one look like they could be the best team and then they would then they would just choke and totally implode against oh, red devils and team dumb. team like, one before inv this invitational that we won those guys handed our fucking asses to us bro we were like thank <laughs> god these guys didn't qualify they were the best team we played they were eating us a lot it was bad yeah but then, but then, we, and then we checked the the standings, and I was like, I'm pretty sure they're not doing that good in Brazil, and they weren't. They were like dead last, and I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. But, uh, do you have another question, or do you want to 
Do you want to ask him? I got, I got one last, I got one last quick question. I just wanted, I just wanted to finish. I, off I, I'll, I'll, I'll get one. another one maybe after yours yeah. if you're not. Yeah. So you wanted to finish off the chaos? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted oh, to say one more yes. thing, like especially about secret, um, like, and this kind of goes for, I, I guess, you know, panics in our team as well. He said he getting a lot of hate on social media that I don't think is justified. Yes, Expo is playing bad. Yes, Panix is playing bad. I don't think either of them are bad players, like anything, but mm -hmm. it's just something isn't right in the way that they're playing right now. Yes. And, and that goes... And, and that might be the team problem as well, you know? Yes. Like that might not just be Expo playing bad. That might be secret playing Expo bad. You know, yes. like, uh, it, it, it's... it's, it's um, and Pojo was like that on DZ. Yeah, they, they need to figure out a solution to why that's happening. Maybe he actually isn't the problem himself. Yeah. Um, and obviously, it, you're going to have some motivation problems. Yeah. yeah, we obviously wouldn't know. And I, I agree with that. And I mean, that goes back to like what I was saying before. So that's why I added like he used, I used to think he was solid. I don't know what happened, but like that, that does happen with players. And obviously, they need to figure some things out in like, <laughs> For example, like someone like Forrest, like I think he could figure it out because clearly before, like he wasn't, he wasn't doing this. Like I think he, I think he can figure it out and he'll be fine. Um, yeah, yeah, that goes the same with like those teams. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, obviously that that's how it goes with any team. You don't know their problems, and yeah, sometimes someone looks a lot worse, and it's not necessarily like their fault. Anyway, sorry, that's me. On next question. Uh, this question is from my father, and he says, oh. "Ask Doki the most important question of the interview: Rangers or Celtic?" Well, it's first of all pronounced Celtic, and it's 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 Celtic. You know, I don't give a be. shit. I don't give a shit how it's pronounced. Oh. I don't. I don't follow. Okay. I don't follow. My dad needed to know if it was Rangers or Celtic. It's Celtic. Sorry, I'm a Glasgow Glasgow boy. I don't. I, if if I had said Rangers, my friends would be DMing me. I don't yeah, know what any of this means, so. Yeah. It's, I'm not uh, sure I quite it's, understand. It's, like, Scotland is not Scotland, a real country. Yeah. Football in Scotland is like religion. Like, like seriously. But, like, it's like a horrible, horrible two religions. Like, mm. if you're a Rangers fan and a Celtic fan, you hate each other. Like, you mm. hate the way you speak, walk, talk. Fuck those guys, you know? <laughs> okay. No. I got to see football hooligans in Poland, and they were pretty incensed after matches. There'd be like fights in the city center. So, oh yeah, sure. I've heard I've heard some shit, man. Yeah. Heard yeah. some shit. Yeah. Okay, my question then. Uh, is this the last one, or you got another one? No, I'm done. I don't know. Okay, I'll let you last take last question, question before we wrap up. All right, all right. Uh, what did you learn from playing that has helped you for the rest of your life? Because I actually, I'm curious to know this because they. That's it's a true thing. Like I, I've learned shit that uh, will carry over. Like, I, yeah. What do you feel you've learned from playing? Um, shit, man. I don't know. Like, um, I think one thing I'm currently still working on that's a very good life tool is is patience. Uh, I think I I am learning to have more patience with myself and people because I think I rush into a lot of things. I'm kind of high progressive type of guy. Mm -hmm. You probably know that from talking to me. Um, you know, I always want to, I can't wait. And I think I, I am getting better at that, being taught to kind of just slow down, uh, analyze the situation, and then uh, and then do your take on it, you know? Mm -hmm. like that's just simple things. Like, like I said before, like thinking before you're speaking or whatever, you know, like small things like that. 
And I think it's, they have a lot of characteristics that can help you, like a, a IRL, especially patience. It's good to be patient and analyze things before you go into it head on. So I, I, I would say I'd say that. What about yeah. you? I mean, patience is one of them. I think the the one that sticks out to me the most is like, I mean, it, it's kind of, I guess it's because of like the role I'm in and leadership stuff, but like getting, underst just understanding people more and like what works for them, what doesn't. Cause that's something I've had to learn to understand is like, I have to know who I can talk to in what manner. And like, like when, it, when I need, when it's better for me to say nothing at all. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. I, and just also like how to utilize people the best, like what, what makes people comfortable and like kind of what brings the best out of them. And I think recognizing that and understanding that in more people. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, that kind of that kind of knowledge kind of transcends into like whatever whatever you can do. So no, uh, definitely like learning to give criticism the right way to the right people is a is a huge yeah. thing. Because giving giving the criticism I would give to you, for example, might be the wrong criticism I could give to Intero. You know, yeah. like, and they would take that the wrong way. So deciphering that is actually really important. You're right. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Yeah, I and I guess like even to speak on like results of that, like. It was something I initially struggled with a lot on EG. Like I was, I, like I was still kind of the same leadership figure, but I did struggle giving criticisms in the right way because some people I, I was probably a dick to them, and I shouldn't have been. Um, and I think transitioning to SSG, like I needed like the fresh start to be able to like approach things the right way. Like mm -hmm. during my time on EG, I think I learned how to approach things the right way, but it was kind of like, it almost felt like too late for it. Yeah. Like we were just kind of too stuck in our ways. Um, yeah, that's a then, thing though. So that does, yeah. that does exist. Yeah. And then on SS3, I think it, it transitioned well where I just, I came in with the right approach. I mean, I'm still learning tons. I still fuck up plenty, but. but that, that's I think, why I, I think that having fresh blood in the scene, like right now, as in like a non-experienced player is actually something that can benefit a team really good not only is that player maybe more so motivated but he's easy to shape like yeah. shape into a player that you want to have in your team you know mm -hmm. so you can do a lot of things with unexperienced players that you know you can't do with experienced ones yeah i agree with that i this is one of those things where i think the biggest step towards maturity is what you you touched upon is is how you give feedback to certain people and how you talk to certain people I think that when you when you hear somebody say the phrase like I just speak my mind or I just tell it how it is, I, I think you just them, haven't learned. Yeah, you just haven't learned how to talk to people yet. Or you're egotistical or ignorant. Like it's straight up. Like, I mean, everybody is going to react to things you say in different ways. No two yeah. people are gonna handle a certain comment a certain way. You know, I and I think that's one of those things where, you know, if you're so arrogant or you're so ignorant that you think you can just say things and everybody's going to take it the same way and you're never going to have to reap what you sow in regards to the way that you phrase things, then you either haven't had enough experience to realize that there are consequences for that, or you're just not considerate enough of other people's feelings and you don't care that there are consequences, but you're not thinking about other people. And it's yeah. like, it, and, and this goes back to, this goes back to a topic that's come up before, which is that a lot of people that end up in this industry they jump in here from school and they, most of them have never worked another job. 
and they don't realize that like they think, oh, I, you know, I'm really talented at the game. I've got a platform. I've got social media, etc. This is still work. This is a job. This is a career. This is an industry you're in. And the way that you say things like Ubisoft is always listening. The, the TO, whether it be ESL or Face It or DreamHack or whoever, they're always listening. And there are real people with real thoughts and, and real brains and real opinions who are working at these places. And when, when you're on a team, the way that you say things to your teammates, that's going to reflect on you. And your teammates at the time will at some point no longer be your teammates. Either you've left or they've left. And if you were an asshole, they're going to tell people, right? So it's yeah. like the, the thing that people don't seem to understand is that maturity to me is understanding that sometimes it's not the message, it's how you say it. Because you can give the same style of feedback, but just in a different package. Some people want you to be blunt. Some people want honest feedback. Other people need you to bullshit it and layer it in the nicest words possible in a 20 minute long preamble before you get to the actual point. Everybody's different. And yeah, is it annoying that sometimes you just don't mesh with another person and, and how they want feedback? Yeah. Sometimes it irritates me that I need to be like, I need to handle people with kid gloves basically because they can't take feedback without getting upset. That irritates me. It does, but that's life. And you just kind of have to deal with it. And the people who realize that faster and the people who are good at tailoring their message to each style of person, I think go a lot farther in life. And I think that the faster you can do that, the better off you're going to be, whether you're leading a team or not. And like I said, a lot of kids come into this industry they get a huge following on Twitter, on Instagram, on Twitch, etc. They get their bad habits reinforced. They don't ever have to work in a real environment. And they think they can just say stuff without wondering about if there's going to be any consequences or worrying about the consequences. And I think if you take a step back and realize that just because you play in an eSport league, it doesn't change the fact that people are going to care what you have to say. And you have to be very careful about how you say it and to who you say it to. Yep, exactly that. Read. Well said. All right. Well, do you have a um? That was your last question, Mister Mister Troy, Mister Mister Nadian, mm -hmm. Big Bad Nadian, Big Bad Nadian, Nasty Nadian. We transitioned. All right. Well, um, Nasty Nadian. With mm -hmm. that said, we're gonna give the uh, we're gonna give the send off. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? If you, by the way, if you're watching on YouTube, Doki's links will be included down below. If you're on the audio side of things, feel free to follow. So if you could tell people where to follow you so that they know to connect with you, Doki. I mainly use Twitter. So twitter.com slash Doki underscore R6 is where you'll find me usually. Or if you want to contact me there, uh, I do sometimes stream at twitch.tv Doki. But recently I've been focusing more on, you know, competitions and stuff like that. So maybe you'll start to see more streams there. Uh, with the off season happening now, uh, but apart from that, Twitter is the best place to go. So yeah. My mom That's said in it. chat, "You forgot to make it shorter, Parker." What the stream? The episode, yeah. I mean, it's been under three hours technically because we had like fifteen minutes of intro, so technically we're under three hours. Just a little bit though. <laughs> Not said, really. Right? Like we we made it. We You're kind of stretching it there, dude. We talked about E United, and it was like a time black hole. Twenty minutes were just gone right there. So. <laughs> But true, actually, that was funny though. That that made the episode. That did. 
anything for you to anything for you to sign off mr uh nasty nadian uh no nothing really just thank you guys for watching hope you guys have been enjoying the episodes doki thank you for coming on thanks for having me sharing your story and everything i have fun and that's just about it uh thank you everyone and uh see you again soon we are nine episodes in and it's been really wonderful. Thank you so much. We're, we're at like 7,000 some odd subscribers on YouTube, which is huge. If you made it this far, this is time for us to shamelessly plug again. If you haven't followed on Twitch or if you haven't followed on YouTube, please do so. Same with the audio components. If you're not following the channels on, on Spotify or Apple, feel free to do that. Other than that, do us a favor and go toss a doki a follow on all the different platforms that he's on. And we'll be back next Sunday for episode number 10. Thank you very much, everybody. Take care of yourselves. Wear a mask. Most important part. We'll see you next week. See ya.